Hey, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of the DJ Road Podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, what up? We got DJ D-Miles. What is good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. And we got a special guest. We have NFL royalty over here. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's pretty heavy right out of the gate. Yeah, we, we got the um, we got Las Vegas Raiders official DJ here, C01. Oh, what's shit. good, fam? What's good, Yo, bro? What's up, man, man? I appreciate you guys. Yeah, this what's is good, fun. man? I mean, obviously, you guys know I'm a big fan of this show, so. Oh, yeah. 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 We've been kicking up for quite some months about you coming on. So. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, trying to get you in here, and we want to, like, kind of time it in <laughs> for the new season and everything. Is it, is it just chaotic right now? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, just in general, because uh, the sport that it is, you know, that it just has a lot of things that are so overwhelming with it. And, and then when you get into the like the production side of it, which is where, where I'm at, which is what they call in-game, mm-hmm. um, man, it's it's a lot of strategy, a lot of hard work, a lot of, uh, not necessarily hard work, I guess I want to say just a lot of preparation and stuff like that. Right. But it, it's, it's, it's just, it's a lot, man, but it's fun. I mean, I'll tell you this, when I go DJ regular gigs like you and I, you know, all of us do, mm-hmm. you know, they're fun and we just chill out and we have drinks and we do whatever we do. When I go do this and do the end game, man, I come out sweating like a pig. Really? Just from, <laughs> inten- <laughs> just from intensity, you know, yeah, yeah. just from everything, uh, you know, because people need to understand that everything that I do in the game, I don't necessarily, even though I'm the in game DJ and it's a collaborative, by the way, um, I'll clear that up really quick. It's a collaborative between myself and the wind DJs, and so that includes oh. DJ Dash mm-hmm. and, and, and GV. <coughs> so, so we're a collaborative. Uh, I just happen to be the in-game portion of it, which is like, uh, like you know, during the actual game, the situations, right. the yeah. first downs, the second downs, right, so all that Let's stuff. break this down. Yeah, so yeah. like Raider Stadium, Legion Stadium, yes, right? Yes, yes. Was built and officially opened when? I Last think it was like five years ago. Five years ago? Nah. No, no, no. No, it was built like five years ago because remember, uh, nah, the teams wasn't. were in there they started, build, they started build, building it five yeah. years yeah. ago. Correct. And then it, it finished kind of like... Pandemic. Around the pandemic. In the 2019. But maybe the... Yeah, 2019, I would say. In 2019, yeah. it was yeah. supposed to launch 2020. Then yeah, the pandemic exactly. happened. Yeah. So it ended up launching 2021, right? Well, no, so they still had games with just no fans that year. Correct. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I so, remember that because yeah. there were like all these Raider fans tailgating yeah. outside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that's right. That's right. It was weird, right? Yeah. That's right. I but they not. built the stadium to avoid tailgating, right? They didn't want tailgating. Correct. Right. That was the rumor. Oh, that's yeah. what they were saying. Because yeah. there's there's no real parking site for the yeah, it's stadium. It's all offsite. Mm-hmm. They there, yeah. they there's they like three sections, and but the main one is the one over where the entrance is uh, closer to uh, Crazy Horse. <laughs> uh, no, what's that street? It's um. Oh, no, uh, Russell. 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 Yeah, Russell. Yeah, Russell Road. So that major parking lot is where a lot of the actual main Raider, like the true Raider season ticket holders, go and actually hang out. Wow, that, that's so. so Crazy Horse is like a 24 hour strip club. Yeah. Crazy CH3. <laughs> yeah. Yo, they, they like literally stepped in gold. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Because they're like, like an arm store away. This yeah. this is twenty four hour strip club. That's an arms throw away, <laughs> literally from the from the stadium. Yeah. Yep, it is. And so, like, whenever you're driving to the stadium, you're gonna pass by the strip club. Yeah, and then there's all these new hotels, kind of a little bit around mm-hmm. the strip club, like the smaller, like like yeah. the Howard Johnsons and like the little Fairfield Inn little, joints. Little, yeah. You don't want to know what's even crazier than that now, as if it was not crazy enough. Yeah, right across the way from. So there's two Chevrons that mirror yeah, yeah. each other yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the two corners are Chevron's, one corner is Allegiant Stadium. The other corner is currently an empty lot. You know what it's going to be? An in and out 
Just talk right about here. a traffic jam right Wait, there. there's an in and out already like three blocks away from yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Uh, Tropicana, but, Tropicana. But they're going to build an in and out right there. Another man. one? Yep. Wow. So, <laughs> so now they got burgers, strip clubs, <laughs> oh, and man. football. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a whole <laughs> great competition. Unofficial form. And I heard so. a lot of people go to that lot at Crazy Horse to park for the game. Like they Absolutely. might play a pay a fee and just walk over. That's so dope. And after the game, they could just hang out in the Crazy Horse right. before they go home, <laughs> get a couple of dances. Crazy Horse got some good sushi. They do. I don't know if they <laughs> still have so it. So we've heard. They had yeah, listen, back in the days. Yeah. Listen, I, look, I only know because I think I was with five and we would all go there after hours. And I think this, like at the time we were all DJing there or something. There was like some, yeah. I think oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think Brandon Rogue was there. Shout yeah, out to he Brandon was, Rogue. Yeah, he was yeah. there. Uh-huh. And I think he was rotating all the scam DJs when I was on scam at the time and I was DJing. And then five was like, yo, the sushi's good here. And usually if five is going to co-sign. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially you know, sushi. Yeah. Asian food in, yeah. in a strip club. I'm like, nah, you lying. And that was he heavy ordered five too. That was heavy five. That was big five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. big boy five. <laughs> his his yeah. His taste buds was on point. Big big heavy five was on point yeah, with the, with yeah. the taste buds. So then I was like, yeah. yo, I was I was shocked. And I guess the sushi Roku chef would come and bring like some of the leftover, like uh, oh, some of the leftover the fish. Or something yeah. like that. He yeah. would bring it to. So you're uh, getting delicacy at that point. You're getting good yeah. share. Yeah. Like high, high high class. Yeah, I mean, for like 5 a.m., it's like this is yeah. pretty okay. this is good yeah. fucking sushi uh, yeah. for 5 a.m. So wait, so Allegiant Stadium has been open, right? For like maybe a t- call it like three years. Yeah, let's say yeah, three. Three, three solid years. That sounds yeah, three years. Three seasons. Now. Three years. So were you were you on deck for that? I wasn't there for the beginning. Um, and, and by the way, I think the first actual act that was there was Elinium, or it was like a big DJ thing. That oh, yeah, it was Elinium, yeah. And, he did uh, like two days there. Yeah, something like that. And, and he it was sold insane. it out. Insane, yeah. Because I never heard of that name. And I was. Neither have I. Yeah, and then when I heard <laughs> it, I was like, holy shit, he sold out the stadium. Yeah. yeah. Pretty um, insane. So for the get go, like right out the gate, it was, it was one of those things where I was, uh, I was at that point, I was retired, <laughs> retired uh, from sports DJing. Um, because so before there were professional sports in town, we had the UNLV Running Rebels basketball team. Right mm-hmm. in their heyday, uh, with you know we were like top fifteen in the country. Oh yeah. Um, and during those times, like 2010 and and forward, that's when I was doing the stadium DJing for them at football and for basketball. Oh, so wow. you so you have a career so, in doing live like live sports. Yeah. Like so DJing? you know, and and I know D also like does some of it, and and it's it's a niche. You know, it's something that I think people should look. Right. At exploring at one point, you know what I'm saying? So um, for me, I stopped doing UNLV sports for a while. I did it for like maybe uh, seven years. And then I stopped Wait, give doing me, sports. Give me the years. When were you doing it? It was like 2008 or nine, And then and forward. Yeah. And like up to like. Six. They had some good players at that time. Yeah. yeah. It's when we had Anthony Bennett, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to say that. But it's when we had. <laughs> I they, remember because they would come shop at. I had a store at the time. I had new. Yeah. Well, and, and if they would you guys come re- through. if you guys remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. And if you guys recall, that's when Drake did the uh, sitting up at UNLV Gucci Row. He does that whole rap. That lyric mm-hmm. is so. The front row at Thomas and Mac is called Gucci Row because since it was the only sport in town, celebrities would come in there and sit Gucci Row at Thomas and Mac. And uh, you know Thomas Mack is obviously legendary. But he named it Gucci because it was like celebrities wearing Gucci, high whatever <laughs> it is. I don't know. But once Drake even you know basically oh, sorry, brought that up in a in a track, yeah, it, it it just 
emphasized it even more. Wow. So long story short, I stopped DJing for UNLV. I was like, yo, I'm going to focus on radio and see what's up. You know, so when did you stop DJing career. for them? I can't recall. I can't recall. I want to like say after 2010. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely after 2010. So the, the whole thing with that is that I stopped. And then when the Raiders finally moved here for that first year, when it was, uh, you know, it was during pandemic, empty stadium. The two guys that were in there were Joe Green doing like the hype music and uh, Wagner doing the in-game portion of it. So Wagner ended up moving to New York. Uh -huh. Joe Green ended up doing Golden Knights, as many of us know. And then so I didn't know. I didn't know. Is yeah, Joe Green, he's a Vegas DJ? He's local. So, so yeah. Joe local. Green is local. He's, uh, I believe he's born and raised. So him and I are partnering up and doing a lot of sports DJing at this point in time. And uh, he took over doing the Golden Knights from, I believe, day one. So he's now the, like, the Golden Knights guy. Wow. When they both moved on, uh, the Raiders were like, yo, well, we need somebody. So they both uh, basically co-signed me. And they're like, well, this is the guy that was doing sports before any of us were even here. Before you got that job. Mm-hmm. There were so many rumors on who was going to be the official yeah. Raiders. We had, we had mad <laughs> like, rumors. There was the so many LA motherfuckers that were and like. And because of the Bay Area, too. Yeah, in the Bay yeah. Area. Yeah. And I, I remember like everyone, like, because they shouted to Franzen, right? Because mm -hmm. Franzen is from the Bay, but he's a 49ers fan. But everyone was like, <laughs> yo, Franzen, you got you to gotta be the Raiders DJ. And he's like, nah, I rather. I think he was trying to push Dre Sinatra. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. then. And then there was there was J. Espinosa, right? Shout out to J. Yeah, Espinosa. He, he, he was, was like, but he, he was the, the Raiders, right? No, he yeah. does 49ers, I think. What wasn't he? No, I oh, think Espinosa no, was, was, no, was Raiders. He was Raiders. Oh, he was when okay. the Raiders was in uh, in the Bay, oh, right? Yeah, no okay, okay, okay. J. Espinosa was the Raiders DJ. So then there was rumors that he might handle right. the Vegas one. And then there was the, like Dre Sinatra, Franzen. What's the Evoc in the midst? J. Espinosa. Well, Evoc <laughs> is like, isn't he? 49ers? He's a Niner guy. Yeah. See, see, but that that's where the misconception came. Where. Those guys were the DJs for the squad. Yeah. They were like the hype DJs. It's kind of like what Angie and Dash do now. Okay. They do like the hype portions of it, you know? So they do like... They're like kind of... Like that, it was that like radio, during the like, warm-ups and yeah. then like a couple hype sessions during the okay. game. And so there's a difference between like the hype DJs and then the actual in-game DJs. Okay, like explain that. Explain so, it. So for example... Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to paint the picture. Yeah. Um, gates open. I DJ. I actually DJ like, you, you know, you and I DJ. I'll DJ the I'm, first I'm, hour. I'm a patron. Yeah, so, walk, so, you're, so you're, in. you're walking in, and I'm the one DJing for the first hour. I'm, I'm mm. finding my seats. I'm getting a beer. Yep. Getting I'm, I'm pop looking at the menu. Yeah. That's right? it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I'm listening to you. So you're listening to me for the first hour. And then once that hour breaks. Wait, wait. So in the first hour, that, is that when the team is like. Not yet. Like they're not doing anything yet. No, that's okay. just uh, welcoming everybody. And so what are you playing at this time? I'm doing very crowd-friendly stadium music. Are like theme music? Which, which some, I, yeah, I'm going to give you some examples. Yeah. I'm doing. Um, I'm doing uh, Tricky. I'm doing uh, Bruno Mars 24 Karat Magic. I'm doing Blurred Lines. I'm doing uh, okay. Uh, you know a little bit of classic rock, almost some like easy contemporary, 100% hip hop, like R&B, ACDC. Yeah, ACDC. Yeah. AC I'm doing uh -huh. Man. You know, uh, like just fun uh, Mace. You know, uh, just fun. Like all ages, friendly. yeah, all very, very friendly. All races, family can, friendly. Can know Absolutely. What, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's basically like doing a corporate party. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Essentially, so that that's what happens for the first hour. Then once the team starts coming out of the locker room and they start doing all their thing, like like the pre warm ups, then. Um, and now, now I have a question. Yeah. You're DJing. You have your monitors. <clears throat> Do you how like is there a program director in your ear that's like okay uh, like. Like 30 more seconds and then we're going to... There is. 
Okay. It's crazy because I think D is going to relate to this, but it's so like, I wear, it's like live TV, right? It is. So yeah. I'm wearing, um, the, uh, you know, the actual microphone headset, you know, with the headphones for, for game time. And right. then I'm wearing an in-ear on my other side for Serato. Wow. And I'm a little bit different than a lot of in-game DJs. A lot of in-game DJs use, um, just like playback, uh, jingle machines, you know, right, right, right. But I'm a D like, I'm. Yeah. First, I'm a DJ, so I use Serato for most of my stuff, but I'm very organized on my folders, and even that's a whole different story. And then I also have a jingle palette for quick stuff, like uh, Raider touchdowns, um, something that's immediate. Wow, so you're controlling all that shit. Yeah. Whoa, that's so, crazy. Wow. So, so that's what I'm saying. Everything I do is, uh, it's in the moment. It's situ- uh, situational and in the moment, whenever, you know, something happens. But aren't there, like, visuals, like, that go along with, like, you know, a touchdown? Are you coordinating that with the visuals guy? The, our main director is coordinating that. Yeah. And uh, by now we know like, yo, uh, confirm touchdown. So visuals hit visuals and I hit the touchdown song, which is, uh, I forget, it's, the, uh, it's an Ice Cube instrumental. Um, Raider Nation instrumental? I forget. But uh, so we, I have that on cue all the time, you know. And then there's certain songs that play at certain moments, you know, it's like third downs. Yeah. You know, third downs you always hear like the classic Hell's Bells. Or we have a lot of little samples. We do like... Um, um, couple movies like the purge yeah you know the like the sirens and mm-hmm. stuff like that we do yeah. so we do a lot of those little things to trigger the audience to say oh it's go time we got to cheer loud 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 you know so yeah so it, 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 this sounds like a lot of work man it is it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know like my first day i'd be kind of tripping and out. you said that you have new duties now from the past season so yeah so what i'm doing is i'm trying to master a lot of the music to be uh, like at minus three dB for the stadium, so the stadium sounds good. I'm also doing the concourse. I want, wait, 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 I want to talk about the sound in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah, no, that's no, no. a whole another. That's a whole other <laughs> thing. Do they have that? Like, do they have that EQ'd properly? Because when I was there, it sounded like no offense. It sounded a little like shit. I think it depends on. Uh, it depends on the time of the game. You know, at the beginning, it's, it's lower. It may not, may not sound as good depending where you're at, or yeah. it may sound amazing depending where you're at. Um, it, you know, the DB meter, obviously, they raise the bar on it as the game continues on. I'm sure that the whole presentation for, like, halftime shows is completely different and EQ'd differently because they have an actual Raiders band as well. Because, like, I, I'll tell you, I went to a Raiders game, mm-hmm. right? and, I, and let me tell you something. Like, there is, like, it's just nonstop shows. It's like, I know. I I didn't, it's not like, I've never expected this. As soon as I walk in, there's music, you know, like, it's just nonstop entertainment. I think, like, someone who opened up the show, Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like Dionne Warwick. And then Montel Jordan was there. After (laughs) Dionne Warwick was Montel Jordan. Well, Montel Jordan sang the national anthem, right? Yeah, Yeah. he did. Uh And then there was another performance. Whatever the halftime show was. The halftime show was like, probably been like Ludacris or something. It, yeah, it was wasn't it? it somebody? It was somebody. It could have been Ludacris. <laughs> no, it wasn't Ludacris. But it was somebody like that. Yeah. It was like uh, it was either Ludacris, Santana, Too Short, Ice Cube. Um, who else did we have last year? Uh, we had Aoki. Little, uh, didn't, y'all, uh, didn't y'all have we Little had John? Little John. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it's just nonstop. There's not one second where you're just kind of like, oh, uh, like it's like there. There's a timeout. Time. There's something happening yeah. constantly. So the reason why I flow with it is because I'm used to a radio mentality, and radio, you know, radio mentality is literally no dead air. So there's always something continuous. Even right. even if something goes down or something's happening, or they got to do a, like a PA announcement, no matter what, I'm always coming in with the instrumental bed or like you know some something underneath it, just 
to make sure that the ambiance stays. Okay, so like so. you've done UNLV, right? Mm -hmm. And then now you're at Raiders. Is this the most like... And I'm still at UNLV now. I came back. Oh, you, so you do, so you both. do both? I do both. I do wow. UNLV football again, UNLV basketball, and Raiders. Wow. Damn. You are the the go-to sports DJ. And UNLV moved into the Allegiant Stadium, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty bad. I've never heard of... <laughs> I've just never... I've never f heard of this career path. I didn't know it could exist. Like hey, do you like it? I know you do sports. D do, does, yeah. yeah. Let's explain that D does a do showtime boxing. boxing. Showtime, yeah. yeah. And it's it's very similar in the sense of no dead air. So even like um, when it goes live, it's like okay, we need instrumental to like set a little bit of tone. Um, mm -hmm. In between rounds, I play music. I coordinate with all the boxers camps to make sure they have ring walk music properly. So it's always something like there's never. Yeah. But there's dope. someone in your ear at all times. Yeah. yeah. I, so all I do the same. I do like uh, the Apple earbuds. I just have one in, and then I have. Uh, a headset on my, my left. You know what's yeah. funny? I've, I've covered D for like four fights. And you, that's just, you covered it? Yeah, I covered D for like four <laughs> fights. Yeah. And it's pretty nuts because of like a oh, DJ sound and then you have to play a song. DJ cut the music. So it's like very, you know, like. Yo, and check yeah. this out. And then the NFL, um, I had to get NFL certified. So you have to know the rules, you know? So <laughs> like, like you can't play music at a certain time. Uh, you got to be out by certain seconds. So whenever someone's on offense, let's say the Raiders are on offense um, and I play like whatever song to hype up everybody after a first down, you know, the, 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 the clock for them to huddle up and, and get the ball going, you can't go past the 22nd mark. Mm -hmm. So no matter what football game you're at, you'll never hear music or a PA announcer past the 22nd mark. Damn. It's just NFL rules. <laughs> Wait, did you have to like take a written test or something? It was online. Everything was online. Really? Yeah, quizzes and everything. Wait, how, you had to study for <laughs> yeah, this yeah. shit? <laughs> I did have to read the whole manual, man. It was crazy, but it was fun. It, you know, I... To be honest with you, I wanted to know it just so I understood the rules and why. You know, sometimes people are at home watching the games and you're like, man, why are they going to commercial again? Or what? Because a lot of it is dictated by television, you know, uh, as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Like sometimes when a game, I'll even take it as back as like a, like a basketball game, for example, for UNLV. Um, if our game's not being televised, then the, uh, the timeouts could potentially be only like a minute and a half. If we're on TV, then they could be two and a half minutes. Mm. You know stuff like that. So the timeouts are longer. All right. So is, is you know is doing this for the Raiders? Is this the most demanding that you've had to do of any kind of you know gig for? I don't want to say it's demanding. I want to say it's more um, like the first time you did it, where you're like, wow, this is a lot more than I used to do for UNLV. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, you know what you guys need to understand when I say like situational, it's even to the moment where like let's say uh, the Raiders are up. 17 to 14 and suddenly they came back and the opposing team scored a touchdown and now we're down 20 to 17 right the opposing team's fans are going to get loud right in our stadium so you know what i have to do is i have to play like a grungy instrumental to overpower their fans really yeah you say going to war bro I, I, I literally yeah i mean i literally so what's you the, have what, to what do you play what do you play do you pick I it or have, they I, pick it no I, I i pick a lot of that stuff so i do like uh so they, wait, is there a possibility of them coming to you? Like, I don't think that that fits. It, you know, it like, always happens, but I don't take it personal. Hey, I mean, you're yeah. calling the show. You say, don't, don't do that, uh, um, you know, Rich the Kid instrumental anymore or, you know, or play Prada, Rich the Kid, because the players like it. I'll do it. If they say don't do it, then I just won't do it. I mean, the thing about DJing and for us, you know, that's why I hate fucking DJs who say, oh man, I'm getting burnt. Or I'm going to get, I'm going to run out of music. There's so much music. You just don't take the time to, yeah. you know, to, to be smart about it and to incorporate a lot of it into your playlist. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a whole nother car. We'll get to yeah, that. No. <laughs> yeah, Yo, I'm telling you guys, I am an open book and I, 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 ever, I don't hold back. Have man. you ever like, have they ever requested something that you didn't have? Like, what would you do in that situation? I do start. Oh, I just, I, I'm on it. You have to be honest with it because it's in the moment, you know? Yeah. So they'll be like, yo, can you hit uh, red hot chili peppers? Can't stop. And I'm like, oh man, I don't remember if it's a dirty version or clean. And I'll just be like, I don't have it. Okay, cool. We just move on to the next one. Oh, How okay. often does that happen that you don't have the song? Not very often, man. Our, the playlist is pretty, like, I, I'm pretty heavy on taking music. And I'm just so anal about stuff. Like, I literally have my collections, whew, they run deep. So, and then not just are they deep, but, like, everything that I have, let's say I have Red Hot Chili Peppers Can't Stop, you know. So, um, they just did the concert. So, it, it, it's it's something that makes sense right now, right? Still familiarity. People mm -hmm. are still familiar with them being here. But I'll take the actual song that I use for DJing, and then what I'll do is I'll make a stadium edit, which will go right into the hook, into an instrumental portion in case I need to run a PA underneath right. it. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, I'll have an extra version and of everything. And radio kind of prepped you for all that. Yeah, kind of, man, I've been doing radio time. for too long. But yeah, it's, uh, and I'm glad that I've done it because I think it helped out. Is there artists or music that you're not allowed to play? No, I think we're pretty open. Um, you know, a lot of people expect that, oh, man, the Raiders, the Raiders, that's a lot of hip-hop, a lot of Bay Area. But, well, yo, like, it's a whole different Raiders now. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. So they definitely established that, you know, that branding, right? It's the Las Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. So you don't, you don't push a little bit, uh, like, a heavier influence on Bay Area music when you're playing uh, for I the try Raiders? to sometimes. Like, I'll do, like, uh, you know, the Tell Me When to Go instrumental because, right. because it's so, you know, mass appeal. I'll do, um, we close out the shows when we win with Too Short, Blow the Whistle. Right. Uh, you know, and I, I try to do, if, if I can put in a Mac Dre instrumental or something like that, I mean, I'll do it. Nice. Hmm. So, so you, you're doing the, the Raiders stuff, right? Yeah. You're, you're doing this. You're, the first year you're doing it where you just kind of like, you, you got the job. What did they hit you with? You got to take this test for the NFL. You got to take this test to know all the rules of the NFL. And then what else is there? Well, there's uh, look at all the moments. We now that we're new here in Las Vegas, we have to train the fans on what to do. Right. You know, like stay quiet in offense. You know, cheer as crazy as you can in defense. Um, have the right music for that. Um, and again, so back to what I was going to say earlier, that which is part of your question is, um, people think the Raiders, hey, hip hop, this, that, it's the Raiders. But we're, I, I legitimately play about 60, 70% classic rock or fun alternative tracks, mm -hmm. and the rest of it is like hip hop. Um, and, uh, but it's that, it's uh, preparation, making sure everything's squeaky clean for stadium, uh, for family for friends knowing who your players are if waller scores a touchdown play a waller song because you guys know he raps and makes his music and stuff like that so i didn't know that i didn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but i'm saying see it, it's all those little yeah. things it's a lot of little fun tedious things and uh so then the first year must have been it was a, it was the, all the biggest headache yeah because you're you're working out all the kinks and you're seeing it took, what works it took me the, five games to feel comfortable to feel comfortable Wow. So kind of more so like eight weeks or so? Yeah, at least. Because yep. you you have those away games. Yeah. And Wait, was last year your first year? Yeah. Okay, I, was, I wasn't sure if you... Because the year before that, that, that it was Joe year. and, and Wagner. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. So like this year, it's starting to, you know, you have like what, some preseason games? Yeah. So believe it or not, yeah, I treated it kind of like a player did. In the off season, yeah. you know, once I got the call, like, yo, we want you back, um, I did what any player would do. I... Got my butt in the uh, iTunes gym. <laughs> did, you do, did you do any prep in the off season or no? I did a lot of prepping. I did a lot of edits, a lot of stadium edits. Uh, I cleaned up a lot of 
So what, what does that mean? You took some of the existing songs and be like... Yeah, oh. and I just did like short versions, like minute and a half versions of them with just the hooks and like the bridges and stuff like that. You know, just like the fun parts yeah. to the songs. I'm kind of wondering if you know, like, like I, I'm in my head, I would think like, all right, if uh, I would I would make a touchdown MP3 mm-hmm. and I would do, I would put maybe five songs on that MP3 that they're going to use so that I can just hit the cue points for when touchdowns do. Is that what, like, what and you so, would do? So I do have that. I have one of those versions, yeah. which is always my, I have it ready. You guys know uh, in Serato you have the uh, prepare window, yeah. Yeah. which is the absolute lifesaver in the entire day. Because I already kind of get the idea of what's about to happen or what we assume might potentially happen. So, so I have I have like if you those see there like ready. on the if you see there on the three yard line and it, it, you know they're trying to do running plays to get a touchdown. You got like chances are they going to get it's already. I ha- I basically have the two Serato tracks queued up and then I have uh, the prepare window plus a sampler on my iPad. Wow, ready. Are you time. doing the own like the the music just yourself, or do you have like a piano guy? No, it's just it's just me. Yeah, oh just shit. Me. Okay. Yeah, yeah cause, and baseball, you have like a guy in the yeah the organ player, yeah, the organ player, organ player. I see like the videos of those guys. They're doing a bunch of. Sh- they were doing a yeah. bunch of shit. Oh no, they, they <laughs> clown on the on the players, bro. Like if they miss like a strike. <laughs> Or like if they're like in a bad spot, they put like the fucking uh, the jaws theme like dun, 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 yep. dun. like it's crazy. Like they really get into it. Yeah, I was watching a one baseball game in San Diego, and I think they were. Oh taking, yeah, <laughs> I think the pitcher was taking too long, and then he just started playing songs that was like <laughs> like, like Jeopardy <laughs> theme or something. Like, like hurry Jeopardy up! Theme. <laughs> like it was like hip hop. It was just like these words like hurry up or like <laughs> yeah. yeah see, so, so like for us when we're having like a really good defensive stance. Um, I'll play like Meek Mill instrumentals, like really grungy, hard hip hop, you know, like, oh, get the guys all amped up or anti up, like all those instrumentals or just the hook anti up, you know, I mean, you guys know. So, and I'll play it like, it's basically play on words, you know, you psychologically kind of get these guys into it. So how long have you been doing this? Like like sports? uh, Yeah. I I don't even call it DJing. It's more sports soundtracking. Um, I want to say... Yeah, uh, I want to say like about, I would call nine, it. I would call about, it DJing. It is DJing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, about nine nine years. I nine think years. Wait, wait, between UNLV and Raiders, about nine ten years or something like that. Nine ten years. Yeah. Wow. And then you were doing radio for how long? Oh, I've been doing radio for uh, in radio about twenty years almost. Uh, on air about seven years and mixing on air about yeah mixing about twenty years and on air about seven. Or seven I, I've been in Vegas since two thousand five. And I don't think I've have have we met? Have we no. met each other? <laughs> I, I don't think I've I know who you are, obviously, because of the fellas, yeah. but um, I mean I've heard like, even Jamie, I, like I never met Jamie. I, these guys, we we used to all go play basketball. We we would play basketball yeah. for like seven years in a row. Wait, what How the come you guys never mentioned yeah. this? <laughs> Never so quiet over there. Not together. Like I don't think he's never been me. Nah, I never. Wait, what is it? You guys like kind of were really shy when he said y'all. He played basketball. Yeah, like, like oh, he burned well, us. Okay, so <laughs> what's, this, what's this like butt naked basketball? No, no, no. <laughs> why are you guys? Like, why are you guys quiet no, about no, no. it? It used Blouses. to be like. Okay, can I explain it? I'll yeah. explain. It. As soon as you said we play basketball, these guys were like, whoa. Okay, look. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about those days. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for me, those <laughs> were the heydays. Because, because butt naked basketball. <laughs> play with like, game. Blouses. Play, play, with, play with karma. <laughs> yeah, see, and that's the thing. So, I mean, this is the one good part that I, it, this is one of the reasons why I feel so comfortable <laughs> in the position that I'm in right now with my network and with all my friends. Yeah. Because for like seven plus years, 
we would always try to get together like twice a week to go play basketball. It was just the DJs. When was, what yeah. year was this? This was like, just notice, it wasn't his fucking notes the whole time. He send you notes and there's no basketball. No, but I, you know, it's funny. No, no. Until, <laughs> until he, until he mentioned y'all? that, I, I completely forgot. No, but I remember that. That's how we met. Yeah, exactly. Same with the, yeah, we used to go, what was it, like 2012, 2013? Yeah, and we would go to the parks yeah. and we would go to Hoop City. Yeah. Yeah, Hoop City was the joint. It should be Karma, Mike Carbonelli, um, yeah, Q, uh, Q, Q. Yeah, Q, yeah. Uh, like all, Earwax. all the fellas. <laughs> Earwax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Earwax, yeah. Turbulence, probably. Yeah, I don't think Turbulence had lived here yet. Yeah, no, 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 no Tim Turbulence was gone. He would play ball with us, yeah. Wait, how come y'all never invited me? <laughs> that's foul, Craig. Yeah, that's my bad, fellas, for opening, <laughs> opening that subject up. Fuck, you play basketball? <laughs> I can pass the ball. <laughs> I would have made sandwiches and bar Gatorade or something. <laughs> well, speaking of sandwiches, it kind of became tradition where every Thanksgiving, we'd all get together and go play basketball. And then after that, we'd go to like the nearest bar, go have some beers, and then everyone would go to their family. You know what? Fuck y'all. Y'all never invited me to another <laughs> shit. What is this? Oh, we got to do a basketball game. I, I never did the basketball on Thanksgiving, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, but Hoop City, right? It was just, yeah, it was just like, yeah. it was just to go have fun. It was not competitive Y'all were doing some nasty. Y'all were doing butt naked basketball. <laughs> no, it was just cool. Shirts and skins. <laughs> like oiling each other down before the game or something. Put what y'all doing? On. Skins yeah, and blouse. got this invite. And it would mostly be like half court. Like, we would just be chilling. Like, it was like real At the park, relaxed. it was half court. Yeah. Hoop City, it was full court. They didn't mention This went on for seven years? Yeah. And then you never heard Look about it. it. <laughs> seven Yo, years. Twice a week. Wait, wait, D. Twice no, no, no. a week. Twice a week. I didn't go consistently I'm about to shut years. off everyone's I mean, exactly. mic. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to shut off everyone's mic right now and just talk I've to D and Never. T- a few times. D and Never. Yeah. Seven years. Y'all been playing basketball with this motherfucker <laughs> and a whole bunch of these. And I don't know about this. I never hear about this basketball I've game. I've never heard about it either. It was just so well, They were like, off and on. They were off and on. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. yeah I wasn't consistent for seven years. Yeah. Come on. I'm really hurt. I was consistent. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone. But, <laughs> to laugh but at us. least, at least, oh, to man. make fun of us. Like, damn, I never. mean, that's basically damn, what we all did. Yeah, trust me. Oh, you missed that shot. No, you suck. <laughs> I, I would have made y'all jerseys or something. <laughs> we, we had jerseys. See, man, man. We ended up buying like Nike, Girl, uh, bro, flip side, wait, you know, black what, and white. Did, uh, did y'all have like a team name? Uh, no, 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 really. nah, man, nah. Like it the Las just... Vegas Rambos or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Look, in our defense, to see somebody try to go make a layup, to even attempt it, yeah, was a joke in itself. Who was the nicest? Who was the nicest? <laughs> I'd have ever had to be calm is nice. Karma and get right were pretty good. Yeah. Get right was playing. Turbulence. Turbulence is good. <laughs> you sound like hurt that get right was good. Man, I'm just going to start naming names so you can just blast everybody. You said get right was there and that was it? Wait, turbulence. Turbulence, turbulence was is good. Really? Get right is good. Yeah, get right is good. <laughs> Yeah, well, Karma was pretty good. Mind you, Karma and Get Right were the tallest ones. And I want to say that Q was the tallest one, but Q's the worst basketball player out of all of them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Q is I can imagine that. I can say that. <laughs> but he's a fun guy to be around. He's know, a great so. dude. Yeah. I love Q. Yeah. That's, was this the I, look, same I feel when the really Peter betrayed. I really feel I don't think so. No, no, no. I think he was like a, like a legit league. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I feel yeah. betrayed. This is fucked up. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> the fact, you know what? Seven fun? years? That's fucked hey, Jimmy, why are you instigating even more? Because it's <laughs> so boring. You guys didn't see when he said we played basketball together, and both of you guys at the same time did this. Like, yeah. You guys were ashamed of where no, the fuck just got it just, I just literally no, blacked it out of my memory. I had completely forgot about Glenn, that. Glenn, the same, Impact. The same I don't know if yeah. Impact, but he was there. Yeah, too. Impact. Yeah, Impact used to come out. Yeah. my God. I completely forgot. Yeah, there was like a squad of like sixteen. Sometimes impact was like the muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
rebounder. I, I'm just like, I'm speechless right now. <laughs> this is crazy. For we'll do one basketball years. night, man. Don't worry about it. I've told you this before. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I've never heard this. You play, I've told you this before. Fam, yeah. I've never heard. I've told you before. We had a meeting your Oh, here. man, we have so much fun at the basketball. What basketball game? I would have been like that. And then I'm like, never you playing basketball with these motherfuckers? Well, that's nice, but how did it stop? A uh, bunch of us had kids. Well, my, I had a kid. He, my son grew up, so I had to be on top of him, you know, just at oh, school wow. stuff. But then, um, yeah, like, you know, Q had his my, kid. My body, uh, my body couldn't do it no more. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> shut up. And that part. And that Your body couldn't do it no more. What's your excuse for your knee? We're lucky that nobody ever broke a bone, honestly. I know, right? It yeah. was, it was exactly. pretty nuts. Yeah. Wait, you guys were, like, aggressive and shit? Uh, if you were on Karma's team, yes. <laughs> Why? Well, he was like, well, well, you know, when Karma wants to do something, he gets his way. He was like Jordan. No, Kobe. No, no, Kobe. He was like Kobe. No, please don't no, compare no. to Kobe. No, no, no. That, 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 that's what he, Karma that's what he would say. Yeah, this is crazy. We're calling Karma. The, Kobe. He's the. <laughs> The white mamba. So wait, Karma would be like Karma would like. (laughs) He said said Jordan. He said Kobe. The white mamba. So (laughs) (laughs) he's half Korean too. I know. I'm actually impressed that he, you know, he's half Korean. He's good at basketball. It's good. He got the height, man. So he was uh, definitely. Said Jeremy Lin. So then, so then, so then, Karma would be like, "So you're gonna put in some work today, or you're gonna be a bitch?" Yeah, pretty much. And if not, he'd fight you. That's pretty simple. Did he fight anybody? (laughs) No, but it it would get pretty fun. He would fight with motherfuckers. He'd get like. You get in your face? face yeah, he'd tense up a bit. It'd be like, oh, really? Man. But that was okay because it would just, you know, make it more competitive. We, yeah. we would always try to separate Get Right and Karma because they were the two tallest dudes and probably, you know, the better players. So we try to separate them, make them captains. And then everybody else would just, depending on how much vodka you had left in your body, that's kind of how we picked the team. <laughs> I'm like, who, was, who was the last picked? Q? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh. this is fucked up because Q is super tall and he's black. He's yeah. so like, yo, he's so I used to guard him. You used to guard him? He's so unathletic. Really? God, God bless him. Like, he just don't. Make, he's that's like not that, his skill set. Yeah. He's like that scene from Office. Stanley, you're black. You're supposed to be good at basketball. But he'd always show up with a smile, man. You could always count on him. Oh, yeah, one up. time. Yeah. This is awesome. I'm really, uh, I feel left you're out, gonna, man. I feel really. <laughs> It's gonna bring back their basketball nights, man. This is crazy. You know what? It would be pretty amazing too at this point in time. Not like at least for me, just to get me back so on a little who, bit more activity. Who initiated this? Uh, JD Live, Mike Carbonell. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, Mike still hey, hits me right. to to play ball. I'm like, I can't do it. Man. You know what's funny? <laughs> Peter Peter said he had like he I'm used not. to play, but. He said one of the DJs had a heart attack on the court. What? So he was there with us. Okay, so check this out. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) See, I wasn't here for that one. No, No, he wasn't a DJ. He was a friend of his, his, um, his wife was my son's basketball coach when he was really little that went through like uh, this, one of the little kids sports leagues in town. Uh-huh. So he's like, oh, yo, man, you guys play basketball at, the, at Hoop City. We're, and we're like, yeah, you know, we come here twice a week and we try to just ball it up with the fellas just for fun and activity. And he goes, man, I, you know, I love shooting hoops. Can I join you guys? I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean. You know, you just pay the fee. <laughs> we charge everybody like five bucks or something. Just well, y'all, y'all had to pay to play this year? Oh, because of the in court. The, yeah, yeah, just yeah, the court. Okay, okay. Just to rent it out. But it, I mean, you know. How much it, is it to rent the court? I'm just curious. I don't know. My car now is the one with those numbers. Oh, my God. So, Come on. Like, you got to hit them up. <laughs> no, so, so we basically showed up one day and we're all balling and we're just going back and forth. And the least expected person, which is that guy, I, I didn't, he wasn't like my friend, but he was obviously the coach's husband. So he yeah. shows up. 
you know, tall, thin dude, and he's running, and suddenly we just hear bang on the floor. And it's, you know, it's one of those hardwood floors. Hardwood yeah. floors. So we're like, what's going on? He's like, oh, he's kind of sort of moving. Is he not? Well, he's not having a seizure because he's not shaking and none of that stuff. So we're ready to kind of help with that. And then we called the ambulance. Ambulance showed up and they're just uh, kind of, they took him away. So the next day I called. He was conscious though. Right? He was conscious, but it was, it was He was in rough. pain, but he couldn't explain what the Yeah, it, it was so, like, I don't know if I want to say it was the heart attack, but they, it was something cardio, something related. So, but yeah, man, you know, sometimes because they say even as, as thin as you are, right, it doesn't matter if you're in shape. It's like if you have cholesterol issues or calcium right. issues or whatever it is, then so he must have had something like that. Damn. Wow. Yeah, it scared everybody, but uh, it didn't stop us. <laughs> I just kept going. Yeah. The game must go on. <laughs> wow. How did we get to this basketball? Thing? I don't even know. But uh, how you? Get, how we all? How, how we, you? How you never, never met. met. Yeah. How we yeah, never met. Never well, obviously, I never met yeah. you through the basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfuckers kept that shit from me. <laughs> they stunt our career. Oh, was this really some racist shit? Like, there's nah. no way. Cor- this no, is, we don't want his too. Korean yeah, ass. Yeah, was there. No, so we were good. Exactly. I don't like Terminus is there. Terminus. That's true. <laughs> you know what, man? I don't like this at all. <laughs> I don't like. This. All right, so I've never, I've never. Well, I'm in the, like the club scene. You have, were yeah, you in so, the club scene or no? I've always done, I've always done mostly radio and lounges and stuff like that. And uh, like to me, that's actually one of the great parts about my career path, the mm-hmm. way I took it. Because uh, for me, moving to Vegas from California, you know, I'm going on 18 years here, and um, one of the things that I've, unless other one, uh, unless somebody else has different comments from this, but for me, I've always thought the paths for everybody like i've never wanted to take your job or karma's job or yeah, yeah, yeah. someone else's job at the club i had my own lane I, it, to me it seemed like everyone has had their own lane and who's ever been established already with credibility as a dj i think you're pretty set up you know so i never came across a lot of people until later till i started going out and just networking and getting to meet a lot of the guys so yeah. um so you you came out here around the same time as me like 2006 uh, yeah towards the end of 505 yeah, yep. yeah same thing as me yeah that's crazy Damn, so wait, that is crazy. You were doing radio. You're from Santa Ana. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Santa Ana, and then uh, whoa, whoa, what part of LA? is that part of? It's LA? like Orange, Orange County. County. Yeah. Oh, that's Orange County. County. What's your background? What's your nationality? Hispanic. Hispanic. Yeah. What kind? Uh, Mexican Hispanic. Yeah. Nice. So I was born and raised in Santa Ana. I uh, um, I ended up going to Santa Ana College, graduated from there. So my my background is actually in uh, my or my degree at least it's in it's in uh, criminal justice, and then just like him, same. Oh, word up. Yeah. So I, I got my degree from Santa Ana College, which is a junior college in town on purpose because they were being taught by the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Mm, but mm. then at that time, my wife and I were both in the same career path and we had just gotten married and we were like, we're, we both cannot be in law enforcement. Let's just bounce. So we moved here instead. Really? Wait, did yeah. you work at the corrections in Riverside? or No, no, no. At the juvenile hall in Orange County. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Wait, so you guys were like, we can't work in law enforcement? Uh, well, you know, if you guys, just for historic purposes and what we've heard and all that stuff, that usually one person in a, in a relationship works in law enforcement, it's kind of okay, right? You know, But if it's both of you guys, you know, you both have fucked up days. You both go through You take it shit, home. Uh, you take it home. And then for both of you. But it, it, was, it was a very quick stint. I, I didn't really do much with it. Because at the same time, a friend of mine offered me to go work for him and DJ full time. And that money as a rookie in any position in law enforcement was not good enough to basically suffice. Was it what, 50 was or 55? Oh, no. Back then it was probably like, 40. Okay. Yeah. What are you talking about 40k Even, a year? Yeah, yeah, 40k a year. Even with your degree, you got 40? To start, because you know, everything is in scale. 
when yeah. it comes to that kind of stuff. Because okay. it's all public, you know, it's all open when it's uh, public positions like that. So. so you guys heard the warning signs and you guys decided, you and your wife decided to, like, leave law enforcement. Yeah, I mean, we were just both like... But you guys okay, dedicated so much time and effort to it, right? That's the one thing I laugh about. Because I did about five years of college to not even pursue it more than six months. Okay, so I, I'm not... You did five years of college? Yeah, it was five in total. So, so for me, it didn't work out the way I wanted it, which is okay because obviously I'm in a great position sitting here in this chair with you guys. Yeah. For my wife, it actually did work out really well because she did continue law enforcement okay. when we moved here. I don't want to get into her business, but right, right. she did great. Yeah. Wow, so interesting. So, you, so you, what made man, you my want- background is super eclectic, man. Just because yeah. of the way I was raised, the where I was raised, what I ended up doing, the positions, um, you know, like straight out of high school. You know, I, I'm basically a typical Mexican story. It's straight out of high school. I did really good. I was going to get a full ride to Penn State. But I stayed home to take care of my mom, mm. right? So, and she still to this day lives with me. So, and to the fact that you went to a city college opposed to Fullerton, which was a party, you know, school well, and shit. So, so I was accepted to the Cal State system and to the UC system, but I ended up going. I chose to go to the junior college because, again, it was being taught by actual active officers. Yeah, well, versus I'll, a professor that has never been in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I wanted you, that real knowledge. Do you have siblings? Yes, I have three. Are you the oldest? No, I'm the middle. Uh, the third. I'm the third. You're the third. Are they in Vegas or are they still out in California? My oldest sister here is here. My younger brother here. And the oldest out of all of us is back home in Santa. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, like, <laughs> what, what made you want to go to Vegas? Uh, my, my sister and my younger brother were already here. They had moved way before me. And they're like, look, the houses over here are $210,000. And right. over there, I'm paying for my condo. You know, I'm paying, what, almost six hundred k. So, we sold our condo. And I'm like... Shit, just, let's just move to Vegas. I moved to Vegas. I didn't do shit for so the first eight months. So you weren't touching, you, you didn't touch DJing at this time at all? So at that time, that was in 2004, I had already started doing um, like mega mixes. At that point, I had met like Vice, Drew from Kiss FM at that time. Um, Drew. From uh, where? Yeah. Uh, so Drew went to college with my wife. So that we all were all oh friends. God, what is, this is crazy. At Cal State yeah. Fullerton, yeah. He, I Vice, grew up listening to him. He's a, yeah. Um, DJ Fluffy was the board op for Felly Fell and worked at Par 106. He's my compadre, so I baptized his daughter. I forgot um, about Fluffy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, Fluffy. Yeah, I forgot about him, too. He mentioned him right now. That's like, crazy. Oh, yeah, shit. so uh, Fluffy actually works for Apple Music now. But he was like Felly Fell's Wait, board who's, op. Wait, and- Fluffy? I thought you were talking about the comedian at first. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Wait, no. who's that? <laughs> uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. He goes by yeah. Fluffy. Go his by name's Fluffy? Fluffy? That's his I didn't know that. AKA. I never heard that. So, okay, so this Fluffy that I'm talking about, DJ Fluffy, he was, uh, I believe he's- Why are there two Fluffies? <laughs> Is he Mexican too? Probably. Yeah, They're both Mexican, but I know the comedian Fluffy. Yeah, he's Mexican. <laughs> I think DJ Fluffy's also from Long Beach. Are y'all Beach. making this shit up? I no. think DJ Fluffy's also from Long no, Beach. No, I think he was from Southgate. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Gabriel Iglesias is So Fluffy's like a radio DJ? Well, so he, he started as like uh, one of the original board ops at Power 106 when it was blowing up, when, you know, like Felly had just joined Power. And uh, uh, I think he was even doing it for like the Goodfellas and all those guys, yeah, and all those personalities yeah, yeah. Big boys there. Were, big Boy was still doing like nights. Yeah, I believe so. And uh, so he, he was, became he like, was just a, like a character. Like he was like one of the guys that they'll talk about behind the scenes. Anybody so. named Fluffy got to be kind of dangerous though, right? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, I love him. We're related. He's, he, he's a really cool dude, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but he, he, so he had, he was really in with a lot of radio personalities and he knew everybody at power. So I ended up meeting Vice 
because I was DJing, um, you know, I was just trying to get my feet wet too. So I was opening up for Vice at places like uh, Whittier College, the Disneyland so Hotel. Why, so why you're, you're like, you know, you're... So I'm DJing while I'm trying to get put myself through the police academy, while wow, I'm trying to okay. finish college. I'm DJing, DJing, DJing. And then all, more, it started to balance out to where... But where I, did that I, come from? Where did you where did you learn to DJ and where did that come from? So Santa the DJing Anna. came from Santa Ana. Um, Right out of high school, you know, I so so you're you're saying Santa. Ana, I don't know nothing about LA okay. really. So well, Santa this Ana, is Orange County, so it's a whole different. Okay, Orange County. Oh yeah, because yeah, I forgot you're from the East Coast. Yeah, I'm from New right? York. You don't you have to say it like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <man. laughs> I'm Listen, I'm already ousted games. from basketball games in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> don't start having a, a tone about the East Coast now. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. No, so. Um, <laughs> So when I came out, so Santa Ana's like you a, heard that shit right, Neva, a little bit. I, I did hear. He's it like, oh, he I forgot. Up. You're from the East, East Coast. Coast. <laughs> I'm just like motherfucker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so Santa Ana, if I can compare it to anything, that, is there the like East Coast? A, is it like Mexican it's like, gangs out there? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like that's like so they have like F Troop, like uh, Eminem, like all those big gangs. Oh, so okay. so, I, so I Santa Ana's neighboring. Don't say any other gangs past that one that you just said. Yeah. Okay. I just love hearing about. Cali, California gangs. I love hearing. Well, about I mean, culturally, that's you know, it's basically a part of the whole historic yeah, part yeah, of yeah. Orange County. So, uh, Santa Ana's uh, neighboring city to Anaheim. They're two like yeah. probably the two biggest in Orange County, and uh, they back in ninety like ninety five, ninety six is when like house party era came out. You know, you get all these house parties, all these you know vinyls coming out. House music was, or at least like L A house music, hard house, all that stuff was coming about. So you had a lot of siblings, right? Well, three, yeah. Three. So, like, mm -hmm. were they involved in anything? In none no? of it. The only reason I ever even knew what a vinyl record was was... I well, remember, I, no, I meant, like, the gang shit. Oh, well... Mm. Can't speak about it, baby. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I'll stay out of that part Okay, of okay. Uh, All right, so, but, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, then... Yeah, talk about it, man. <laughs> but you never... Did you... No, 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 I never got involved. But I lived around it my whole life. That's the right. only thing about it, you know? So... Uh, so yeah, so I just went to the house parties. I wanted to get into. I was like, "Yo, this DJ and stuff, all oh, records." And I remember the vinyl records because my first vinyl record, my older brother had shown me like a forty-five or like uh, uh, "Ring My Bell" or something like that. It was like old forty-five record. And mm -hmm. I'm like, "Yo, this is dope. You can you know put on a record player and have fun with it." And then I started seeing people DJing, and I'm going, "Man, this is really dope." Then um, I'd met E-Man because E-Man went to Cal State Fullerton Shout as well. E-Man. E -Man. Yeah. So 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 E and I, you know, are, we're good friends too, and. Um, I was, I met this guy who's like, yo, you know, I'm DJing with this party crew. You want to hang out? And so I started hanging out and I started just kind of picking stuff up. And then before I knew it, I'm like, how the hell did I get 10 crates of records in my bedroom? You know what I'm saying? So I just started buying records and, um, just went from there. Started going to more house parties, just oh, being wow. on flyers and just kept doing it, doing it, doing it. Did these, you, uh, these, go ahead. Did you start buying equipment like of your own? Yeah. So what I did is, uh, you know, I had that, what was that uh, with the meters, the first mixer. Um, the Radio Shack one? Yes. The Radio Shack one with the hard ass <laughs> crossover and faders. Yeah. And so I did that. Then I had one uh, original Technique 1200. Then I had a belt driven one that I bought on my own. I was nice. so excited about. And then... Yeah. Uh, before I knew it, I just got like a part-time job. I worked at Ross for a while and did, <laughs> did some shit and got money. And before I knew it, I bought my uh, 1210 MK2s, my black ones, and I which is the ones that I still have in my home studio. Wow. And I just kept going at it. And then I started getting into uh, four tracking. It just came to me naturally. So I bought, I don't know if you guys remember, they had the... Uh, and I, I feel bad for the them. Tascam? It was the Yamaha uh, four track mini disc recorders. Oh, a silver one. Kind of looks like um, the the unit you guys use. Yeah, here. yeah. But it was uh, on mini disc. You know, mini disc had 
I love Minions. Very, I loved it too. Yeah. And it had such a short lifespan. <laughs> Very and I, short. And I, but it was so good. It was amazing. It was like a, a consumer version of like a dat kind of. It was. It was so I mean, great. True story. Um, Cookie showed me how to record on a mini disc. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> what was dope about it is if you were making a mixtape, uh-huh. if you fucked up, you could just kind you of. Race yeah. it, right? No, no, no. You could keep recording and then just like try the mix again, try to mix again. And then you could go back on their final recording and mm-hmm. then edit it. Yep. Oh. Yeah, you okay. can hit points. In and yeah. out points. Yeah. Yeah. And it was that. just then you could just kind of like erase like the four tries where you fucked up and just go straight to <laughs> yeah. yeah you just had to time it yeah. right yeah. um but that that was great about mini disc like mm-hmm. you could do a live mix and it was like you could fuck up and just go back and like edit it all yeah I, actually i still have my mini disc me too yeah. i don't know why <laughs> i know <laughs> it, might, it might make a comeback you never know i have like an eight track cassette uh, uh four eight track cassette recorder like a cassette tape no, wait, recorder you really do at my in New York, in no my way. Crib. Well, you know what it is. It's like at my mom's crib. Yeah, but she still treats it like the shit. She, like it's part of the. Furniture. She puts it on display like the shit. Yeah. Like motherfuckers are still fucking she with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brings it out for holidays. Yeah. So I got the mini disc and that, and all, I, it's like all the. Yeah, but all that stuff is nostalgic, you know. So it feels good to see it. Yeah, that's so. that's crazy. Wait, so I want to. I kind of want to know about these these house parties. So these were house they, parties is, was it uh, dangerous? Or yeah, was it? because it was driven by party crews. Yeah, and. 50% were like little baby fun party crews, like, you know, your typical kids out of high school just wanting to have fun. The other 50% were like mini gangs. Boom, boom, boom. And then, so then you'd have like, yo, we're, you know, a one party crew would say, we're formally inviting to this backyard boogie, these five party crews that are going to be the honorary guests. So then the other party crews would show up and like, how come we're not on the flyer? Ooh. What year and, was this? Can you say? Yeah, yeah. It's like 1997. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, cause I, I went. I remember when my first, I went to my first flyer party or whatever with party crews. It was like 2002. Yeah. But like, it was very fucking dangerous. Now, did you have um, map points and like all that stuff at that point in time? I think, yeah. Like on the, the back of the flyer? Yeah. So it'd be like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like page you know, yeah. or call this pager number and it'll tell you where the event is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd go to really? the corner and then the corner would tell you the actual house. Yeah. You won't so, burn the house. Yeah. So the flyer would have one phone number. And the phone number would be to a pager. The pager would have a voice, voice recording. Phone. Yo, what's up? If you're calling for today's party, go to the corner on uh, Grand and 17th. And then you'd go to the corner of Grand and 17th. Some guy would be with the flashlight be like, yo, go down the street, make a left. It's That's uh, so, 1712. Yeah. That's so yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> and yeah. Like, yeah. it would be like a, like a, a, a navigation printout. Yeah, in the, the back, in the the back like MapQuest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the back. Dude, we, it, we never had that in Remember New York. Remember what I told you? Yeah. That's like what? genius. <laughs> well, we couldn't really do that in New York, though. Yeah, you could. Nah, you don't think so? I mean, well, you, I well, you guys don't have houses, really. I know. I just yeah, I'm about to say that it's it wouldn't be in apartments. a house. It may be riding the trains or whatever. It'd be like LA a, was so <laughs> spread out, man. Like you almost had to, right? Like you could do it, like yeah, in, yeah, yeah, like yeah. in an abandoned like building or something. I guess it's pretty it was scary. always <laughs> in the back of somebody's mom's. I mean, house. you could. I mean, that's yeah. why like they were either backyard boogies or warehouse parties for the most yeah. part. You yeah. break into a warehouse, you just bring yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they could have done that in New York. Oh, no. That just sounds so genius. Well, it's did like, did know, they have badges yeah. at that point? Yeah, they did have the badges that said, Dude. I'm the president of the party crew, I'm yeah. the captain or co-president wait, wait. or whatever. Yeah. What do you mean? They had like a badge. <laughs> so if, if it was at that point, it looked like, let's just say it's like uh, a D-Miles' shirt, but it said like the party crew's name. But like, it's not like a badge badge. No, it was like a necklace badge. Like it was laminated around. Yeah, it was a printed uh, image with uh, with the lanyard on it. And they would oh. say like, it'll have like your party crew's logo on it. I'm 
thinking like it's a chain, like a gold, like a gold. <laughs> I mean, badge. it might as well have been that, but yeah, no, but it was but so it was, obnoxiously big. Yeah, and it, it, it was said, like, like it was like this. It was like naturally big, and it was like with a like a dog tag, like and it, chain. And you, that means you were in charge of the party. Yeah, uh, like it, it would no, it would basically identify who you were, what party crew you were with, and if you were like the uh, leader of the party crew. Yeah, so if, if like it said like the captain or whatever yeah. the fuck, but it was like different <laughs> crews. So like, for example, I've never heard of this. For example, it was like back in the day there was one that was called uh, La Travies Las Traviesas, which right. is like like the the troublemaker, but the women. So they had women party crews and then male crews. Interesting. But even in the party crews themselves, they had like the uh, like the Groover party crews, right? Like the guys who would wear like whatever white t-shirts and and like jeans and would listen to the Smiths. And then you had like the like more like the cool guys. Oh my wear, God, like, I love this yes. so much. This is yeah. crazy. But you know, believe it or not, they were very well put together because they were yeah. so strategic about it and they were well organized. When really they were going to break into something, break into a warehouse or do the backyard boogie, <laughs> they would have like, you're in charge of the keg, you're in charge of, uh, you know, sound a, system, a, 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 of the one turntable, you're in charge of the other turntable because they'd come in and it'd be like, here's the crazy assemble. Bop, 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 bop. Here's the crazier be, part. And then they break it down when shit hit the fan. Yeah. But <laughs> the crazier part was there was a party crew that, or a few party crews that were known to carry the NOS tanks. Yep. The NOS tanks, Cricket, is... They'll put it's it's basically that's Fast and Furious, right? No, no, yeah. no, no. That's what it was called, but it's basically poppers, but in a helium uh, way. Oh. So it'll fuck you up. So if you had a balloon in your mouth, you were you were hitting the the popper essentially. Yeah. So now, if you didn't have the balloons, you know what they'd use? They'd use those uh, spray cans for the computers to to dust them off. The dust the, off the, the ones uh, that we had in the, the office. The, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. the big yeah. ones. So what would they do with that? So, so they, 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 they'd bust the uh, either, either they take off the uh, the little straw, the straw, and they're just they would just yeah. Suck on so it. that was the poppers originally. <laughs> so and then in the corner, you would have the guy with the with the helium tank full of nos selling balloons, selling balloons for like three dollars. <laughs> Three dollars. Oh, so you guys were making money. Off there was business all day, bro. Girls were five. I mean, dudes were five bucks, and girls were three bucks. Yeah. To get in. When you hit it, when you hit it upside down, the uh, I never uh, hit no. Nah. Hit it upside Me down because if you do it, if you do it, did you hit it? Because that would make a it. lot of sense. No, <laughs> 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 so like, if you do it, if you do it upright, it would just come out like air. But if you did it, it would like it would like um oh, chemicalize different. It would come out like a like a like a light spray. Like a, like a spray you could see. You did that shit a lot, huh? No, you did. He <laughs> did. That explains a lot. DB's like spacey sometimes. Be <laughs> <laughs> talking to this motherfucker, he just be looking out like. So the next time you see him at Staples, you know, you know why. <laughs> He's in the my computer cleaners. Wow. But yeah, so, so they were but doing it that. was well organized. It was like somebody would know bring the keg, someone else would bring Zimas for girls and Mickey's for guys. Zimas, oh, damn, wow. I haven't heard about Zimas. Zima. Remember yeah. Zimas, they would put the Skittles inside the Zimas to give it more of a sugar flavor. Mm -hmm. And then the Zima, 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 Zima would popping. turn into red. Oh, I love hearing about Cali the Cali <laughs> culture like this. Yo, Zima this is amazing. was like big. What the fuck happened to Zima? So remember when I would tell <laughs> you, yo, my whole <laughs> thing is like Boone's Boone took over. Oh. Why isn't there like a movie? Like you know, this would be such a dope. Remember movie, Remember when I would bro? tell you, yeah. I told you. Wouldn't this like? Would, yeah. This Perfect. would be such a dope movie, like a party crew movie that it could be like a, a, um, a Mexican version of House Party. Remember yeah. when I told you, yeah. and then like setting up yeah. and every, every yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. and there's like a yeah. girl getting the skittles and like putting in the zimas yeah. and shit. Yeah. That'd be you know, dope. Yeah, no, that, that's a great way to describe it. It was exactly that. It was yeah. a Mexican version of House Party. Yeah. yeah. Remember, Yo, I would we're, tell we're, you, I would tell you, I DJ House Party. Like, ah, you fucking house parties. These are it. These are the shit that I was telling you. That's basically what established me. That's how I got to network and meet a lot of the people that I know. That's how you meet a lot of the people because they go to house parties. This is like the coolest thing. I've heard about California, but remember, even like, <laughs> oh, like, and you didn't even know about like 
Why, why Vice didn't talk about this when he was on the podcast? I don't think he. he, well, he I don't think he, did I don't know if he experienced it, yeah. it or not. Is he yeah. from Santa Ana? No, he's no. from Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock. But he was Eagle LA. That's Eagle Rock. That's yeah. kind of the nicer area. I was from Silver Lake Echo Park, Lincoln Heights, so it's different. Anyway, but was that like the the, the, the nine hundred two one zero? No, that's that more like hood area around his area. But anyway, um, the craziest part when the cops would get called. Like, there was somebody in the corner. You mm-hmm. know, the cops was pulling up, turn off the music, and the lights. Everything just... Vroom. Yep. So it was crazy. It would dark out in seconds. Like, everyone had seconds. a job. That's the whole reason. Like, the party crews, everybody had a, a certain position. Um, so it was fun. That just sounded dope, man. Yeah, mine, sound dope. mine was... Uh, <laughs> I kind of wanted... If like, they turn on the, the top bathroom light, that means shut off the music. Dude, I would love a movie on this. Like, yeah. to just see... So how I, I'll help you write it, Cricket. <laughs> so they don't have these Me parties no more. Nah. At least, well, no. Nah, when man, did it start? When did this start? I, I mean, it was the early 90s. He said 96. I started going them in 2003. So we kept going to the 2000s? Until like 2009 was my yeah, last there was Yeah, there was a little bit of an evolution on them because when I when I first started going to them, it was like the house music, like the, you know, like uh, the hard house music. Then uh, that was at the end of like the techno era. And then they started incorporating house music with like uh, New Wave in 80s. And then hip hop became more prominent. So then now you're like, yo, I'm getting like the hip hop parties. And those, like for me, those were the most fun ones, you know, even though I I was, I grew up on the house ones, but um, the house music ones. But when, when I started going to like the hip hop parties, that's when I was like, okay, this is, Mm -hmm. this is what's even attracting me and, you know, bringing me more into what I want to do with DJing. What was the name of your crew? Uh, Notable Creations. Notable Creations. Yeah. So they were like regular dudes like you guys, right? Mm -hmm. That had party crews, right? And then. You guys, did you guys start the party crews and then like the gangs were like, we want a party crew so too? So we, we were in a different position. We were actually lucky enough um, that enough of us would bring, would get money together. So we actually threw the big parties in downtown Fullerton at this place called Commonwealth. Mm. And it was, uh, it was like. What's the capacity you think? Oh, we were packing in 800 in there. Wow. For, the yeah, and it was part- all ages parties. Just so think about that. You guys were making money. Huh? We were making money. I'm <laughs> not me, but but I was the you know one of the two headlining DJs at ever, that point. Did, did you ever take it to QC 2020? Man, I played at QC 2020, Peppers. I played everywhere down there. QC 2020 cricket may be the equivalent of an all ages um, tunnel because it was this, like eight rooms of just yeah, this exactly. big wow. venue. Yeah. How come no one? We've had so many LA and Cali motherfuckers on. They never talk Yo, about but Strawberry Sundays. Strawberry, yeah, that's uh, the, uh, uh purp- and then there was another one, Purple Shield, Purple Shield. Yeah, Purple Shield. Purple but Strawberry Shield. Sunday was the one yeah, you had to go Sundays. there. It was always on a Sunday, and it was always on like a holiday weekend. This is like more interesting than like the banana split shit like that happened in LA. You know, what I think what this happened is like, too is like crazy. LA was such a um, like I didn't really go outside of Inglewood growing up. Like I stayed in my in my area, which would be like a barrel, right? Like, yeah, I didn't go to like Hollywood. I didn't go anywhere. Like, I literally stayed in like Inglewood. Oh no, like, I traveled. I would go to like maybe Culver City or Santa Monica if I had like basketball games or different. But are you things, trying to but, say that you didn't intermingle with like oh, Mexicans? No, did you? <laughs> no, there's a lot of Mexicans in Inglewood. Oh, there are he huge Mexican gangs in Inglewood. I just didn't step outside of that area. I didn't have a reason to, right? Like, right, right. So they weren't. So I wasn't going to like Orange cruising. County, or yeah. I wasn't yeah, going yeah, to like yeah. Silver Lake. I didn't know anything about these areas. Like I literally stayed in my zip code, or like just my my comfort zone. See, in my but area. Th- that was another big part of it, though, because obviously those those parties, most of them were, you know, they call them all ages, but essentially it means under twenty one. And at that point in time, not everybody has a car, you know. 
So if, oh, you, if, you, if your party out. crew had like one or two cars in it, like remember there's no remember there's no public transportation. Oh no, we would pack like six like dudes in, in a Nissan Sentra yeah. yep. ninety nine. So wow. it was it was it was crazy. But was, was it integrated? Was there black and white and everyone? Was very there most, very few black. Um, the white guys would just come through and do like uh, when we had like techno nights and stuff like that. A little right. bit more. It was uh, all Latin intense. for my. But it was yeah for me it was mostly I would say about eighty percent eighty percent Hispanic. But you know what I it, now that I go back and I reflect on all that stuff. Um, like I take a lot of pride in being from Santa Ana at this point because now Santa Ana is a representation of myself, DJ Fuse, Quest, uh, Charisma. Like you know, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know, we essentially we did pretty well in, in my opinion. So that's dope. It's uh, that's such a great fucking like there should be a documentary about. It. Yeah. So we it, it started in the early nineties, right? Yeah, mid late nineties. Yeah. yeah, early mid nineties, and then it went through to the two thousands till late two thousands. I I want to say the last one that I attended was two thousand. Nine, and then Ten. what, what right happened? Before did, I went, right did they, before I went into 20, uh, 21. Did they just start cracking down on that shit? They and, did because, uh, like in Orange County at that point, that's when they were doing a lot of the uh, the um, like the roundhouses. Like they would go and get a lot of blocks where they would just get like. The police department is gonna just lock down two blocks and arrested ten gang members, like something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff was going down. Checks. And then uh, you know, like in my case where I was from. Um, you know, like weed was just all over the place, you know, they couldn't stop that. Now, obviously, you know, the irony of it all now, but it, it, a lot of it was becoming very prominently, like just open, you know, it's just openly out there. Right. You know, the, so. the one thing that I recall that kind of slowed it, slowed it down on my age group was, uh, I think a little girl or not little, but a girl died at EDC. She overdosed on, I think on E or some shit. But after that. E was big back then. Yeah. After, after that fucking the cops just cracked down on all parties across the board. Mm. So that was like 09. That's when they moved it. That's one of the main reasons why they moved it from LA to here. So it stayed Hispanic, right? And yeah. La- and Latino the whole time through this whole period. Yeah, right? I want to say yeah. Yeah. That's really dope. Like how come mo- I don't how come motherfuckers don't talk about this more? I'm going to look for I'll, I'll And then like there I'm I'm like kind of interested like if you guys had did you guys have like t-shirts for the crew? There was hats, yes. hats t-shirts, jackets, it's everything. Fucking dope. I want to see this shit. Like what it looked like. So yeah, so, back so what, to the did, whole thing did you guys have like colors for your crew? No, no, no colors no. because we that's when you're oh, like yeah, Did yeah, you guys yeah, have a character? I'm sorry. No, we didn't. We didn't have a character. I forgot, I forgot what I was talking because, about. So, so, so remember, with that coming out of that or going into that era, I was coming out of high school. I graduated in '94, so um, I came out of the high school era where hip hop was starting to come up, and uh, I lived in the era in high school where you had to tuck your shirt in. You couldn't wear British Knights, right. you know that kind of stuff. You couldn't wear 501s. Yeah, you couldn't wear 501s. Ben Davis's, yeah, none of that stuff. I was the same way. Oh shit! This is crazy. So, yeah, oh man, I'm I'm like so intrigued by this. So culturally, it's dope, you know. Like it's it, amazing. I've it's, never heard of it. Yeah, it's like really. I think I'm I'm like thinking a documentary or a TV show would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, and there's a lot of people who were involved even on the DJ portion of it, where you know that's when like Richard Vision blew up. Mm-hmm. That's when you know all those all those big names like the Baker Boys, who you know I I they're the reason why I did radio in the first place. Like all those guys were all about all that stuff. Dude. You know what did happen though? Uh, and Jamie, I think you might have tested this is. Um, when, as, as I kept getting into like the beginning of my twenties and, and, and doing that kind of stuff, more people started going across the border to TJ 
to Rosarito, to Ensenada, to all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, once you hit 18, you could have gone across the yeah. board for us. Yeah. So oh, I think that party. was like, the, yeah, I think that was like the era or, or the age range. I'm sorry. Papa's and Beer was a big thing for my mm-hmm. age group to attend to. Yeah, I DJ Papa's and Beer for seven years. For yeah, that, Papa's and Beers was wow. like the thing to yeah. do. Spring break, that was a way, that's where you were going. You Yeah, you were most likely going there. What what was the incentive? Because it was like, is it cheaper? It was more cost effective. It was everything. You could drink yeah. over there. You could do whatever you want. You know, you can pack in ten dudes in one <laughs> hotel room, and yeah. no one would care. And wow, you just go do your thing for two days and eat a lot. Because right, the drinking age over there is what eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, I believe it's eighteen. Yeah. It's all ages. Crazy. At that point, Yo, D, you like missed <laughs> out. Like what? No, no. It's, it's yeah. It's just like I feel like every kind of city had like a version of that. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I remember going to house parties with my older sister that was four years older than me. But they would be, like, in Inglewood, Culver mm. City. And I remember, like, it would be like, uh, oh, shit, there's about to be a police sweep. So all the lights would go out. Everyone's just quiet in someone's backyard, like, wow. whispering, kind of, like, being weird. And all of a sudden, it's, all right, cool, party party keeps going now. Like, this, this, it's all <laughs> wow. good. I really love and this I was world. like I was, like, 12, 13 going to this with my sister that was, like, 17. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be, like, the youngest kid just amazed at, like, the music. They were playing, like... I mean, at least the ones I was going to, it was like playing like Uncle Luke and a lot of like uh, like top billing and like all these yeah. dope records. I didn't know what the hell they were. But like, you know, I was so young. I was just amazed at the environment. You know what I mean? That's so, so I feel crazy. like See, every so that, city just had a version. Yes. Yeah, so that's why right for me, when I when I got flipped into hip hop, it was a rap. I went from straight house and techno to once I went hip hop, I'm like, oh, man. And then I, I started to find out that. Wait a minute. Some of my favorite producers come from the East Coast, you know, which included like even if you ask me who my top five favorite rappers, people want to fight me all the time. What are, so what are they? Who's your top five? Oh, I'll go uh, Tupac, Biggie, Nas, uh, CL Smooth, Heavy D. Um, CL Smooth, Heavy D, huh? Karis one, yeah. I've never heard them two on the top five list. <laughs> no, and that's why I said my top five. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying I never heard anyone say that. CL Smooth to me is. I mean that guy. He's you know between him and Pete Rock, and then, I mean the first and then once three, I found out their affiliation that Pete Rock was actually blood cousins with Heavy D, then it just took a whole, whole different oh, ball wow. game for me. Yeah. yeah, you're like a whole Mount Vernon like fandom uh, <laughs> <Am I>? right <laughs> there. <laughs> I've never heard a West Coast person say Seal Smooth and Heavy. I've never D. heard anyone say Seal Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> what about Heavy? Nothing D? against Heavy. Yeah, when heavy. I, whenever I, just, I think of Seal Smooth, I, I, I think have a big of bias. I just have a big bias. What's your towards, bias? But it's just that I think the Pete Rock sound was amazing, and I think Seal Smooth complimented everything that Pete Rock did. Right. Yeah. For some reason, when I think of Seal Smooth, the first song that comes to mind is "Lots of Lovin'." It is. To me, it is. It people, is right? people say they reminisce, but to me, it's "Lots of Lovin'." And I love that. that sure. I mean, I, I tell people that's like. He when he did that he bridged R and B and hip hop essentially with that song. For me. I mean I don't think people would want to fight that list to be honest because well first, people will question it for sure. The first <laughs> like, like no. the first three are not far. It's, it's highly personal. You it's know it's very, highly and, personal and and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah yeah that's the beauty of it honestly. Yeah so that's crazy. That's funny. You know like I, lots of loving was one of those songs that I actually hated, but. What he did lyrically was like sweet serenade, I, sipping lemonade inside. Yeah, I would yeah, hear, I, mean, I would listen crazy. to it, and I would just, I would just keep playing it. What's your I was like, man, I hate this. Lots of love in this part, but then I was like, uh, I was like really torn because he did kind of kill it on that on that record. But but remember, even Pete Rock when he did, uh, I think it's one of the most underrated songs. He did one of the songs in the Minister Society soundtrack, uh, "Death Becomes You," and that song to me is like whenever I go out. And try to go to a gig, or if I travel, that's one of my go-to songs on my iPod or my iPhone or whatever. All that the was time. the song you were playing before the basketball. Game. I gotta go back to pretty that much. Song. <laughs> I for- forgot about that song, but but you know it, right? It's, yeah. it's dope. Can you play it? Because there wasn't too many East Coast um, rappers on that um, soundtrack. Not at all. 
But this yeah. one, I mean, Death Becomes You, it's one of those fighting songs. Like, you hear it and you're like, let's go. Really? I can't recall it. I don't even know. I don't even think I've ever heard that song. And it was on Minister Society Minister Society soundtrack, wow. yeah. So... Sorry guys, I'm I'm, man, I'm deep in straight up minutes was on that soundtrack too, yeah. right? Yeah, it's MC8. Yeah, yeah. MC8. Yeah. Wake yeah. your punk ass up. Yeah. Yeah. Going up in the hood. That's yep. the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> straight up menace. <laughs> but, it's, not, it's not even on Spotify. What? It's definitely it's it's on. Oh, I have it. But the lyrics in there, if you pay attention, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those guys that pays attention to lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I like dissect them and I use them in life stories and shit, you know, but so a lot of the stuff they say in there, it's like, oh man, I remember that. I remember cops coming into the place. I remember having a gun to my head, like that kind of stuff. Yo, that's crazy. I've never heard that song before. Have you heard that before? Do you um, remember Stretch that? used to play on um, Stretch and Bobby the show. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that song <laughs> at all, <laughs> man. That's crazy. So I just like to, so again I just like to go deep into wait, a lot of these tracks. Who, what's your favorite Heavy D song? Uh, I think somebody for me. Okay. Oh. I need somebody. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I just it throws me off that Heavy D's your favorite rap one of your favorite rappers. I mean he was he was nasty. Oh, no, he's but definitely a, underrated. I mean not just as a yeah. rapper as a as a whole persona. Artist, I mean this yeah. guy danced, he grooved he his lyrics are. You know, even in like he just cool. You guys remember the song just just cool. Of course, with Levert, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. And then he drops like, "Here's the plan." Mm, Send the shade, drinking my hand. I mean, he just makes the whole song. <laughs> yeah, I and like he he was just like so he talented too, man. He, he could do like uh, dance hall. He could do, yeah. and he was like a tongue twister. Yeah, he, he could produced, do like he did yeah. real, real dance hall, not the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get up tempo, yeah, poppy. He got the Jamaican. He was, he was big on being Jamaican and shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one of Supercat's biggest songs, "Them to Worry Me," is with uh, Heavy D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's definitely like a, pro, it's like a personal and old school, like you know. Yeah. Again, I uh, and and back to what I originally said when I when I got into the hip hop scene and and you know there was uh there was a club over there in Orange County called Club Rubber, and they used to do um like they, they used to do like the Playboy party at the mansion and stuff like that. And but Club Rubber was mostly based on dance techno house music. And then suddenly out of nowhere, they're like, we're gonna open up a hip hop club. And they're like, well, so I would go there to set up like VCRs for the visuals and stuff. And the guy who was doing it, him and I became really good friends. And he's, he was just like, yo, you want to drop like an hour one, you know, every once in a while? Mm. And I'm going, man, are you kidding me? Like I was one of the lucky ones to go, be able to go to record stores and have the privilege to, you know, earn and acquire doubles of stuff. Because, you know, back then, uh, it, you know, Jamie, you could probably talk about this too, is that when you would go to record stores, if the guys knew you, they'd save you doubles. Oh, no, if you no. were just a regular Joe Schmo coming in to buy records, and they they'd be like, "No, you're limited to just one copy of something." So no, I'm too young for I, that, bro. Yeah, he's not. He's not, <laughs> no, not no, from no. that era. Yeah, man. I'm, well, I'm just talking like an L, like L A DJs in general. No, you know? no, so, no, no. I remember that. I would I would call Rock and Soul, and I'd be yeah, like, more "Yo, you got this?" And they'd be like, huh, "Yeah, we got like three left." I'd be like, "Save me two, and they would save it. But they yeah. wouldn't just automatically save me my shit. Exactly, you know? and that was just for yeah. certain people. Yeah. yeah. So so I had it in good with Tough Guy Records, Exodus Records, World Records. Would you get records yeah. from like Power on the Six, but like your people down there? Um, and no, not really, because those guys wanted their stuff, and you know, and they would go through it so much because they had to mix at the station still on vinyl. I mean, I still remember when they first switched from vinyl to Serato at Power 106. I remember Koki and uh, Eric Deluxe and these guys would come up Damn, there. Damn, Koki. I haven't heard Koki's name, Koki's name in a long time. Damn. So, you Koki know. Was me when did they go? They, they switched over like, what, 06? 
Yeah. yeah. Right? It, yeah. They switched over when the box, the Serato box, I don't know if you guys remember this, the first original Serato box was just black and white, then they added the red to it. Oh, I don't remember that. The first one I had was at the, at the red SO1. Yeah, the first one was like, I think just black and white. Damn, and, uh, sure. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I think I have the first one because I bought Serato in like 2004. Yeah, I still yeah, got my yeah. SO1. Yeah, I think they. they I no do reason. too. Yeah, <laughs> so I got the OG one. I have the one my mom bought me too. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Wait, wait. So you you were on LA radio. You got. I, I wasn't on LA radio. The only the only the how I originally got started doing radio stuff and what intrigued me was uh, Drew and I, uh, DJ Drew from we used to be on Kiss. Obviously, DJ City now is uh, him and I grew up together for the most part. Um, oh, okay. So we were really good friends and. He used to do a lot of production pieces for like Ryan Seacrest and just for Kiss FM in general. And sometimes when he needed to record digi- digitally and I had extra copies of stuff, he'd come to my house and we'd record it on the Yamaha on the four track. Mm. And uh, we did a couple of projects. We did like three projects. And what Kiss FM back then would do is they would have like, let's say Destiny's Child is doing a concert with A. Marie because that was like one of the concert runs they had. So he'd do like a little mega mix and we'd do it on the, on the, on the Yamaha, on the four track. Oh, so, oh shit. so I was like, I felt... I, a sense of pride being able to help him yeah, yeah. to be able to accomplish whatever the goal was for the station. Because you were hearing your work on the station too. Yeah, I mean, was it like, wasn't yeah. necessarily me, but it, I, I had a, my hands in it somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I started just going to the Power Tools show over at Power 106 with, uh, you know, with Humpty, well, with Richard, with all the guys. And man, at this point, I'm like, yo, I want to do this. I want to do this. I met the Baker Boys and I'm like, man, I want to be you guys. And uh, before I knew it, um, I met a guy who was knew a friend in Reno, and they had the station KWNZ, and they're like, "Yo, we're looking for mixers, and you know that we're not paying anything, but if you want to be on the radio, you can do like one hour on Saturdays." I'm like, "Sign me up, man!" And this is before the internet, so it's not like I was Dropboxing shit. Like yeah. I was, I had to mail the CD like ten days before for the following week, so it could get to Reno on time. You know that kind of stuff. Damn. And then, so now I be, I was on Reno radio for about three years. Then that, so that was your foot in. Right? That was my foot in because that PD from that station, Eddie Go, then switched over to New Mexico. Eddie Gomez. So when Eddie yeah. Go went to New Mexico, he's like, yo, I'm going to open up another station and they're going to start at top 40. Then it's going to flip to hip hop. Do you want to do the night show over here? And I'm like, yeah. So, all right, now I'll mail that. And now you're starting to get like the we transfers and these type of things on the Internet coming mm-hmm. about. So now I was able to just digitally send my MP3 mixes. So before I knew it, I was in New Mexico radio for about, um, mind you, I never lived there. I was just sending my mixes. I was on there for like five, six years. At that's the time that I moved to Vegas. The dope story about that is that when I moved to Vegas, it was very clicky and I couldn't get in anywhere. Like, and I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to do something. Right. Karma had given his two weeks notice at 98.5, which is the station that, uh, that I'm the APD for now. And that, his boss there at that station went to the Nelly release party at Red Rock. When Nelly, you know, when, when artists used to do like the re- big release parties for the mm-hmm. CDs. Mm-hmm. So his boss showed up there. Was it at Club Cherry? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So they went there and then they also flew in Eddie Go from New Mexico there. And they start, they knew each other. And so who's JB, who's not my boss, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm looking for mixers. And so Eddie's like, the guy who sends my mixes actually lives here. You should look into him. And uh, they contacted me. I was, um, I did my mix and I could have taken it to the station, but I wanted to make sure it landed on that guy's desk. So I FedExed it. And so I FedExed it. He got the CD. He called me. He goes, yo, you know, you didn't have to FedEx it. I go, no, yes, I did. Otherwise you would have gotten the CD and gone like, oh, another one. Yeah, yeah. And just use it as a coaster. 
So then I, I got hired like two weeks later. Nice. It was a great moment in my life because my son was born. Two weeks later, I got hired at the radio station. Wow. So essentially, I kind of took a karma spot there. But yo, that radio station at that point in time, we had a Obi-Wan, Karma, Icon, Hollywood. Like it was Damn, stacked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think War and Peace had just left. Um, it was pretty stacked up. So I felt very proud, you know, proud to be a, a part of that too. And then after that, it was all history, man. I took over that station. We launched the throwback station here in town. No, did, not to cut you off, did Obi used to do a, reg a reggae show? Yeah, he used to do, I awesome. think, uh, like, he would do, like, uh, like during the lunch hour on Fridays, he'd do, like, all yeah. oh, reggae and stuff like that. That's dope. the only time I would listen to, I would ever hear re reggae on the radio. Yeah, yeah. It was, I used uh, to Obi love listening yeah. to Obi on, because mm -hmm. his knowledge of reggae is he's crazy. dope, man. I, I've always been a big fan of Obi-Wan. I mean, all those guys, I've always told them, and, man, I, I'm, I'll be the first guy to tell you guys, I am not afraid to be like, yo, you're dope. Yeah. You're dope. You're like, I, there's nothing, I have no... No issue. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, no one's better than me. Like, no, fuck that. There's a lot of people that are always better than you. Yeah. So I love, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm always like, yo, like I love listening to all the guys. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan to me, like when I was in New York, Obi-Wan was like the first Vegas quote unquote DJ that I heard about. And mm -hmm. it was through the MTV thing. But he, like, you know, when I moved to Vegas, he was kind of like, he was like a star out yeah. here for, for me. You know? Oh no, he, he was, he was yeah. the name for sure. And he was 100%. dope and he was humble as fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great, dude, great guy, mm -hmm. great guy. So he ended up leaving the station. A lot of stuff changed, and we ended up moving the actual location of the radio stations. Now it's over uh, closer to to uh, the southwest area. And Obi-Wan actually just lived a couple blocks from there. And, uh, man, we just, at that point, when I took over radio, when I took over as a mix show coordinator, I literally wanted to have the same vibes that we had, like, back in L.A. Like, have fun. I'm not going to, you know put shackles on you. I'm not going to tell you what to play. Just have fun. You know, like just go out and do it. So I started incorporating everybody. I'm like, yo, Karma, you want to do a set? That's why you know, I hit you too. I'm like, yo, you want to do a set? You want, I've even hit you before. Like, you know, uh, I, I'll hit you too, never. <laughs> um, but, you know, so at that point, they're like, as long as you, as if you, if you trust them, have them come on the radio and do their, their, do their thing. So now, man, I just have fun with it. And I'm, I'm trying to keep some of that old school mentality to still DJing on the radio versus people going, yeah, it's just the radio. Well, yeah, it's just the radio. But to me, it's more than that because to me, it pays a hell of my, you know, a lot of my bills and pays my mortgage and does a lot of that stuff. But um, so I just try to keep that, man, and keep it fun. And it, it's it's uh, a lot of that comes from me living in L.A., you know. I mean, that Power on a Six bug, it's, I think it hit me, too, and probably D-Miles. That was a big thing for us growing yeah. up. Like you had Mr. Chalk on the on the radio. You had fucking yeah. I mean, you said Koki. I haven't heard his fucking name in a long time. And you know, Ever was on. Fuse was on. Like all. Yeah. Those well, guys. Ever's from Anaheim too. So you know, Ever to me is also like my little brother. Like all those guys, man. I, I've. I, if there's anything that I want to say about where I'm at now is that I've, I'm not here on my own. You know, like I learned it from everybody and from appreciating everybody because. I've literally sat there and paid attention to what E-Man's done, the Baker Boys have done, whatever has done. And even the younger guys, I mean, you know, like these guys, a lot of these guys are way better than I am. And it's, they need to know that because they need to take advantage of it in the right ways. Yeah, Power on Six, I mean, growing up listening to fucking Tattoo, getting the Shaq tattoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it was crazy to hear that shit. And so I, I, I understand the love you have for, for radio because it, it's an L.A. thing. What, what, I, have a, I have a question right now. Like, yeah. uh, what is the state of radio right now? Man, radio's tough. Radio is tough. That's why I'm trying to keep it as fun as possible for as long as I'm there. What's the tough? I mean, just uh, ownerships, uh, the way that things are being managed. A lot of the stuff is now syndicated. You know, you don't have a lot of local personalities. Um, I was going to ask you that. Is is mm -hmm. there is it is like everything syndicated? And you're saying that 
for those who don't know, if we could explain it, it's basically like, from what I've noticed, is like all the radio personalities are like, I don't want to say they're old, but they're like, they've been around for so long. Like they're all old, like they're over 40 or they're in their 40s or 50s. Yeah, right? so it, it varies. So let me explain something because you're, you're hitting on that is... Yeah. So I was at the top 40 station here in town, 98.5 KLC. So and now I'm the APD for it. But um, when we launched the throwback station, I purposely moved myself away from the top 40 station because I knew that's the right thing to do. I'm not trying to be the 45-year-old guy trying to be the cool dude that talks to 20-year-olds. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I did that. And I, do, in my opinion, I think that was the right thing to do. Now, I still do the mix shows, but the mix shows is just, you know, mixing and having fun with it on, on uh, with the turntables. But with syndication, it just depends on the company, who it is, the format that it is. And yeah, so it's basically one individual who's talented or good enough to be able to speak in a generic way to five, six different markets at the same time. Right. So syndication <laughs> is basically all these like radio stations across the country mm -hmm. who don't have anyone to be a personality or to host any shows, but they have the music, right? Correct. So then they, they, they take these personalities like a big market like LA or New York or Miami, and they'll say like, oh, we'll take Big Boy and we'll play his Correct. show in Wisconsin or whatever the fuck, and then they'll pay for that. That's absolutely right. Then, but a lot big, of times yeah. it doesn't work. You know, in LA, Big Boy is absolutely one of the ultimates, you know, and, yeah. and, and as you say- Let's say he does end up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin people are going to be like, yeah, this guy's all right, you know? And, right. and that's not fair for him to be put in a position like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like me, if I'm Hispanic and I do well here and I, I speak the way that I speak on the radio and I have my certain following at my time slot, it doesn't mean that someone's going to accept that. It's in a different market. So I, I think syndication is tough and that's why some people who are good at it are really good at it. Mm. Interesting. Like, I, I yeah. was just, like, learning about it a little bit. Yeah. Because people were coming to us, like, you guys should try radio. And I'm like, I don't think we curse. Like, I curse so much. <laughs> I'm like, I don't <laughs> think I could. I'm like, I don't think I could do radio. And they're like, nah, it's like, yeah, I think usually, like, you know, there there might you'll be. You'll get used thing. to it, man. You'll, you'll yeah. have that, uh, that, like, natural on and off because, man, I curse a lot, too. But once I flip the mic, I just go at it. And I know that I'm staying right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could hit a Wisconsin market, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, I, you know, and, and you guys don't have any new blood who want to be personalities because it like what kind of a young kid grows up and wants to say, like, I want to be on the radio. None well, of it's, it's, it's tough anymore when, you know, when something like a podcast, like even like your guys' podcast yeah. holds much more weight than maybe a radio show does at this point in time. So I look forward um, I enjoy my stations. I especially enjoy my throwback station because it's nostalgic. You know, it's what we grew up on. It's 90s and, and, uh, uh, and 2000s music. Which is a but, Q100. Yeah, Q100.5. Yeah. But I look forward to the content that, like, you guys provide. You know what I'm saying? Like, every week I'm like, oh, shit, the guys are back on. Oh, yeah, yo, the, you know, my, my podcast tells, you know, the new episode or whatever. I look forward to that. So you're, in my opinion, your guys' show holds more weight than what sometimes radio shows do at this point, which are, they're supposed to be good every day, right? You're supposed to come with it every yeah, yeah. single day. Like for me, when I get to the radio station, my shift is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And but my day, I'm lucky enough now that my day, because I have to take my son to school, I start at 6 a.m. So by the time I get to the radio station, I'm ready to go, man. I'm amped up. You know, like I've I've, I've scrolled through, twi through uh, Twitter and Instagram. So I know what to talk about. So, so when you say you're on from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. you're talking and you're playing songs. Yeah. Are you you're not mixing? You're just playing I, I do mix one hour out of it. The 12 o'clock hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for one hour. Yeah. 
So every day you're on air from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yeah, Monday through Friday. Wow. Are you doing talk breaks or like yeah 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 long just a, yeah regular radio show? All right, so when you're putting the radio show together, mm-hmm. yeah, you're looking at news and you're just coming up with questions or like call in and let me know what you think. Yeah, about so, this. so so I'll do a prep sheet, you know, and I'll be so I go to like uh, this day in music, this day in hip hop. Um, uh, I'll go through Twitter, trending Twitter, TMZ. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have all these tabs, I open them up at the same time every single day, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Um, obviously, this was an easy week, right? They had the VMAs. So I was right. able to talk about Nikki. I was able to talk about, you know, everybody who was on there, all these different artists and what they bring and what's new. Okay. And um, so even though the funny part is that even though it's a throwback station, you still have to stay super relevant and in the know for what's happening mm-hmm. right now. Well, right? With the news is going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. So is it know, just you on the radio? So it's myself for my show. And then I have my counterpart, Bojo, who does... Uh, uh, he actually hosts a ton of sports here in town. I know Bojo. Yeah. yeah he's cool, dude. So uh, he, he does from... He does from two to seven, and I do ten to two. So I got a question. <laughs> yeah, I want to do. I want to do a little like game. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're the producer for our radio station. Okay. All right. <laughs> what, what, what would you do? What would you have us like? How would you organize it? Yeah, like what what segment would you do or something? Like what would it, like how you know what I'm saying like so, how would you organize it? There's just there's four of us. Yes. Yeah, right? but here's the. I mean, it's a trick question, and this is what I'm trying to allude okay. to is that I can't tell you what to say because. The way you guys do it, yeah. and even though it can, like, I know we've been jumping from subject to subject, and I, yeah. I don't say we're off on tangents. I say we're trying to be entertaining, and we go with what comes up. Yeah. And that's what I think an audience wants to hear. I don't think people want to hear structurally something for the same you know, the same thing every single time. Oh, no, but I'm saying how would you structure us? Like, let us do our thing, but how would you structure the show? In my head, so this is off the top, and you can say if I'm off, right? Yeah. I'll lead in with topics, and I'll ask questions to these guys. Yep. Like I'd have maybe Jamie answer phone calls or talk with the phone people. Mm-hmm. I'd have like D kind of announcing advertisements because he's probably the most well spoken out of all, all of us. Yes. <laughs> but he, everyone would be involved in conversations. Yeah, and right? never was our sports guy. No, no, no D, 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 would be D, the D would be the sports guy. guy. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know what never would be. Yeah, Fun I, fact I would guy. be the yeah. the, <laughs> the gossip, the entertainment, music, whatever. Yeah, he's current on event, yeah. current events. He's on top of news all the time. Yeah, yeah. the current events. So I'd be like, yo, what's going on in the news right now? Yeah, uh huh. So who'd be the controversial one? I mean, I would probably be the controversial one. I'm definitely taking the funny role because you guys always have to challenge each other out. Because you know, if you guys challenge each other, then the listeners like. Whoa! Now what he? What's he gonna say? But I would one hundred percent bring in like a woman because we would need a woman. We're bringing in Nudia. Like Nudia would have. Yeah, exactly. So, so let me tell you how I fill that void at my station. Mm -hmm. I use a uh, female voice person to do like the Q one hundred point five. You know, so at least you get some female aspect. So they think someone like a female's in the room, right? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, but you get a friendlier female a friendlier voice does okay. that make yeah. sense instead of <laughs> if i just have a male voice there's gonna be a so woman listening dudes. to this being like this is awful <laughs> nudia right now is pulling her hair <laughs> <laughs> see i mean you guys know i have a relationship with nudia because i worked with her for so many years yeah, yeah. the radio station so uh yeah i mean she gets it obviously she's she's good at what she's she the does. producer of yeah, our yeah. show <laughs> so, who, who owns you guys station we're uh, an odyssey company odyssey yeah so would you view like i guess iheart is like the competition or how does absolutely so yeah. the competition would be cumulus iheart um, there's uh, Beasley. There's uh, I mean, there's a couple. You different guys were companies. CBS at one point, we, right? We or started at CBS. Okay. Then uh, we were Entercom, and then Entercom, the same company that was Entercom, they just wanted a facelift, so they changed the name to Odyssey. 
Okay. I don't know any of this. Me like neither. Radio politics. <laughs> but, but we were, no, and it's not politics. It's just, it's just. Uh, was it around the same ownership? time that Clear Channel turned into iHeart? Exactly. Basically, yeah. the same they, thing. They, okay. Yeah. yeah. Who owns Power One Hundred Six? I think that's it's Radio like a, One, right? Is uh, it Radio One or it used to be Radio One? Last I heard, it was like a uh, like a Hispanic or Mexican company or something like that. Oh, shit. oh look at us right. moving up that's in the right because they do have a they have a sister station that's yeah that's yeah, a, yeah. Uh, Mexican station. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't remember at this point in time, but I, that was my understanding. Something like that. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hope you start getting invited to the next. No, I, was just, I was just curious because, especially with Vegas radio, it's like one of those cities where not a lot of people were from here. So right. I've always I've always been curious about how it affects the audience or if the what kind of like connection the audience has with the station. So, like how for me and Jamie, like we were connected to Power One Hundred Six, you know, Crooked and Never like have a, like a. A connection to like a hot, hot 97. So you know the, I mean? the crazy part about that is that the difference now is that, as you're saying, that people connect to the radio station. Now, the way things are, even socially, is that people connect now more to the personality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and uh, like one example of that is, um, you know, there's a lot of music conferences or, you know, like the record labels, like the, you know, the whole scam thing, right? So you get there, you get record labels, all that stuff. Um, I would show up with like Super James and they're like, Aren't you guys competitors? competitors? Yeah. Why are you guys together? And we're like, no, nah, we're actually like really good friends. And we traveled here together. Like we would go to Atlantic City. People were like, oh, why are you guys having dinner together? Mm-hmm. Well, because we're friends. It's like you, like you're, you know, you do hot, and I'm at the other. It doesn't mean you and I are not, I'm not gonna go get sushi or go yeah, or play basketball, you know, cricket <laughs> or whatever. So is it like that in LA though? No, I think I don't LA, know. I think LA I feel like in LA they those motherfuckers stay away from each other. See, but that's the reason. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> why I said that at the beginning, that's one of the reasons why I've always really appreciated this town because everybody had their lane, but everyone, like like we're here, like everybody uh-huh. would get together. Uh, you'd have almost no choice but to be friendly and social with each other. Now, Power and Real are definitely finding each other. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know the politics. But. Yeah, 1,000. <laughs> I guess that's true. Like, never, like, I guess there isn't, like, if you're an undercutter, you don't have a longevity in this town. In this industry, right? No. Not really, no. Because once you undercut, everyone knows, everyone and knows everyone's it. just kind of like, "Yo, that dude, they don't want to fuck, fuck with you." Yep, it's true. And people like us, you know, I mean, we've had the longevity, and I think we've we've established ourselves with credibility to the point where the only person that's going to undercut us at this point is ourselves, right? When we, we don't value, you know, like if someone hits me up, "Yo, oh, can you DJ for four hundred bucks?" Nah, not really. Yeah. You know, like uh, that means I'd be undercutting myself, and I, uh, it's bad enough there's people undercutting me in general, so let alone me undercut myself. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it, but there is a community here in Vegas, and it's pretty tight with the DJs over here. Because I think there's no outstanding beef with anyone. Like no one, no, no one is like, yo, I don't fuck with that person or whatever. Like there might be like differences. You're looking at me laughing, right? Is there commentary? Because I want to hear it, man. I want to hear the inside Because it never faces like there's definitely people that don't fuck with crooked. There's a reason why you're not invited to the I was just saying you. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's reasons why you didn't have the b-ball games, bro. Yeah, there's a reason I wasn't invited to the basketball. <laughs> Shit. Shit, imagine with Crooked and Karma there, both of them. Damn. Might be a little bit rougher than we thought. That was a foul. Run that shit back. That's how it was all the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wait, why were you looking at me like that, Nev? No, because you were saying like there's no beef between DJs. And I'm about to say, well, it's not out in the open, but behind closed doors, there's but something beef. like, yeah. Beef. Yeah. I think it's different. I think... It's different when like motherfuckers can't be in the same room, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But yeah. I think it's like if it's it's if it's more competitive or like exist. you know like this dude. Um, what'd you say? I said people can coexist. Oh yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think everyone kind of coexists Definitely, and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I think the the big picture is like no one's gonna like try to fuck like oust somebody out. Yeah. In yeah. the end, like yo, like that dude got to work. Yeah. That dude has kids, mm-hmm. yeah. or like you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying, like, yeah, yeah. or just like yo, he's he's a he's an asshole, but he's a talented DJ, or like you know, like I think there's yeah. like room for everything, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think you know, after a while, we everyone forgets like none of these beefs last. They like, don't last long. ten years or some yeah, shit. No. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's very like it, there is a community. It's like out seasonal. Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for me, I, for me, I've been lucky enough where I've never had true beef with anybody, and I I just again like you know like I told you guys at the beginning, man, I'm too yeah. old for this fucking shit. Like I'm not here. Yeah. Like it's the whole reason why even people, you know, even to this point, some people are like. Is, is your name DJ Cohen or CO one? I go. I actually just call me Hector. Oh, what? But that's not your DJ. No, but that's all my paychecks go to Hector now, and that's the only thing that makes me happy. So I don't give a fuck what you call me, you know. And it's those things where I, I've again, maybe because of where I grew up or how I grew up, but I, I, I love going to see guys like you guys to go deep. Like Jamie, I've never met Jamie before until I met him at that R and B concert. Oh yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. back there, man. I was his biggest cheerleader because I'm like, yo, you're fucking killing this shit. Like this, I had to come back here and just tell you that, All right, he like was, it's I, getting down. That's when we spoke about you coming on. I was like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I but, appreciate that. Man, I'm a big fan of just the talent because I know it's been hard work for yeah, a lot you of people. Were there with your and, wife, I believe. Or yeah, man. We're, I mean, we're, yesterday just hanging next to the booth. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, I go out to just hang out and check out the fellas, and you know, go go see what's up, who's playing where, and uh, yeah. but it's, but it's also because you've carved a lane for yourself and you've built a lane for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. You, kind of done it the right way but you're also kind of like the top of your field right now it's not like there's 10 other guys trying to be like you know well there are i mean like, a lot of people would talk like oh man i could do what you're doing how if you can really more, people say that more power to you because it's a lot of work and there shouldn't be only two or three well there's if you if you talk about sports it's like d that i know that i personally know is d uh ocho who does the lights um, Joe Green does the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights and the Nighthawks. And then I do the Raiders and UNLV. And um, I don't know who, my, who else might back us up. But look, that, that's so there's that, that's dudes a handful. In your, there's like, dudes in your field that are like, yo, I, I, he doesn't deserve to be. I should be in there. And I, like I, I just heard around the way people are like, oh, man, I could do that. Or I, it, they should have called me. And I'm going, yo. They like, should have called you. I, I wasn't. <laughs> well, I was, I was, but they didn't. You know. <laughs> That I means feel, it wasn't ready. Okay, look. So I feel like that's the worst thing to say. And then they I started did. the conversation. Like, it should have been me. They should have called me. And then, but and they, they didn't. Dumbass. <laughs> so then I refuse to explain myself because I shouldn't have to. And then I say, you know what time I show up to the stadium for a one twenty game? Five thirty in the morning. Wow. Are you willing to put in four? You know, twelve yeah, yeah. plus. And you're hours? not done till. Yeah, it's like five ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm literally done. there. I play the last song, you know. So I'll be there. I'll play like four songs after the game's over. And I love it. You're diligent. You're you're passionate about it. I gotta you know, you, you've got you got to do it because at this point in time, if anything ever backfired on me, let's say radio blew up and it's taken over by a different company, I I mean I'm super grateful that I can still run with what I've got on the side of that. Um, yes, in town I'm I'm pretty established. I mean, you know, I, I'm the local resident for Brooklyn Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm part of the uh, corner bar team in downtown. Um, you know, I do the sports stuff. I do the radio stations. And you, I, I, I honestly never thought that at my age, and I'm never afraid to say that I'm 45 and I'm about to be 46 and whatever yeah, the yeah. hell I'm because I never thought I'd be here right now. I, I thought I'd be done when I came to Vegas, do a little five, eight year little run, mm-hmm. getting something else. 
mm-hmm. younger guy comes up and they're dope and uh, and I would support that because you know you should there's some guys who are dope as shit you know like Exile who would play basketball with us too yeah, sorry yeah. sorry about that damn no, but, bro the fucking but, you know I've seen Exile go from <laughs> yo I'm DJing here DJing there to now running you know the biggest reggaeton parties in downtown yeah, yeah awesome, I mean man. come on like you I gotta l- support that I like for, for the record cricket I never played ball with Exile so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quick as like that's hot too. <laughs> you motherfuckers! Oh man, yeah, I I love Exiles. Like I just love his glow up for me. You know, it's like, come up. It's, I I really love what he's doing right now. How could you not? Every, he stuck it, to his guns. Yeah, and he did it his way. Every, everyone, everybody that comes into town, I tell them like, yo, they're like, where should I go? I'm like, yo, fam, there's one lat Latino party that you should go to, and it's fucking, you know, it's either. Um, Altura Wednesdays yeah, yeah. or Pareo Saturdays. And they're like, you want me to go downtown now on the strip? I'm like, fam, trust me. Like, everywhere is kind of the same on the strip. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're going to go to this party and you're going to yeah. experience something yeah, di- like completely different and you're going to love mm-hmm. it. The only difference, it might be cheaper in downtown. Exactly. But it's, it's a great party. The energies you can't, I can't match that energy and the and the music to anything on the strip. Really. Just even yeah, the momentum and everything. Yeah. Like, what? Um, I don't know if you know Jenny69. Yeah. 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 She, her people hit me up. I was like, yo, she wants to party. Where should she go? I sent her ass right into Altura, and she had a ball. She Makes posted sense. About it yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I gave that motherfucker his props because he did it his way. He stuck to his guns, even when it seemed like he was left out by himself in the cold. He stuck to his guns. He made his own team, and now he's fucking crushing. You yeah, got you know, with- in, in my opinion, any DJ who's able to establish a night uh, almost independently on their own with their own finance and just uh, go with a great idea and run it for more than six months or you know whatever you want to gauge it on mm-hmm. I, I consider that successful because yeah. it's hard enough to get people to a venue in the first place let alone when you thrive like that you know and, 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 on a mm-hmm. fucking Wednesday <laughs> yeah on exactly a fucking and Wednesday, not, exactly. not on yeah. the actual oh, yeah. Las Vegas Strip it's not on the Las Vegas Strip yeah. Yeah. literally in downtown LA I mean downtown Vegas it just yeah you gotta give them his props yeah for sure so. man man it's like uh, you do so much right you're, you're really busy you, you got your hands in a lot. Yeah, of I, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I again, I, I have no words. I'm just grateful. That's it. Yeah. I, I can't say anything. I, I've always said I want to, I want to have, uh, I remember telling myself, God, one day I hope I, I'm able to even use my Google calendar to tell me what I'm supposed to do. Now I'm like, fuck my Google calendar. <laughs> you know? So, I don't use one because of Craig. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now half of it is, you know, because of family and all that stuff. Not, you know, I have to share all of it with my son and my wife. Just so they, even for safety and security purposes, so they know where I'm at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, where's, you know, like my son, yo, dad, where you at today? Oh, I'm at Brooklyn Bowl. Oh, okay. So you'll be home by two. So, you know, just to gauge that kind of stuff. Um, It's a little bit different for me during sports season, like during the football season, because I'll try not to take on a Saturday gig. Because again, I'm trying to get at least four hours of sleep before I have to be at the stadium. Right. Um, But yeah, man, I just... uh, I'm busy, but it's not just me. I try to incorporate as many people around me as I possibly right, can. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I know I can't do it by myself. I can't. I can't cover everything. I don't, I don't want to cover everything, you know, if that makes any sense. And uh, it's just, again, it, it, for me, it, it's where I come from saying, I'm glad I can bring this person along, or I trust this person. Mm-hmm. Or I trust. It's hard to say you trust someone, you know, as it is. Especially in this business. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? it's, funny, it's funny because, like, I feel like, you know, your gen, which is close to my gen, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, even Neva's gen, we never thought we could make a living doing this. So, like, 
our only goal was to make a living doing something we loved. Yeah. And uh, I think like, I just don't think the younger generation understands the value in that sometimes, you know, because, yeah, you know, but it's just, it's just one of those things that I feel like that's why we're still around and we're still working on this because you know, I feel like the younger gen wants more. Yeah. No, they, they, they don't, they don't like, you know, like we, I want to be Diplo. I don't, I don't just want to be a working DJ and I'm just like, yo, like, being a working DJ, that's the foundation, building really. the relationships and then seeing where you start placing yourself in the industry, you know, that's like, that's almost like that's 20, 30 but years. See, I'd know? be lying to myself if I said, hey, uh, you know, I want to be that club DJ. I want to. I'm not the fitting guy for the club DJ. You guys are, you know, and and, and but I, I, I knew I was realistic with myself. Are we? You know, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I, know, I, know, I know you guys are in clubs, uh, you know, more than I ever was. You know what I'm saying? So, but I was never going. I want to be the guy at, uh, you know, Tao Nightclub. I want to be the guy. I didn't. I just wanted to play. I just wanted to have fun with it and make sure that I made good enough money. So my point to that is that no matter what the avenue was, I mean, I've established myself to where I do pay for everything that I possibly have, and I, I make enough off of this to where I consider it an actual living. Yeah. And I never had to be a club DJ. But again, that wasn't for me. That was just not my lane. Yeah. And, 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 but it was somebody else's. Who, and it should be somebody else's who's much better than me at that position. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say that because it's like uh, I was talking to somebody and they're like, yo, like, how come you're not working here or, here or there or there or whatever? And I'm like, well, the rate isn't, you know, what I want. Like, there's certain gigs that I want to DJ, but I don't do it because of the rate. And it's not because I don't want less money. Because if I'm having fun doing it, I'll take less money. I know if I do it, I'm taking money away from another DJ. So I kind of got to stay at my rate. And from yourself in the future. Huh? And from yourself in the future. You're taking money away from yourself in the future. And that's what I said earlier. Like, I don't, I don't want to undercut myself at yeah. this point, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, w even when I go out of town, they're like, yo, I could get you in here and here. And I'm like, what's the rate? And they're like, oh, it's this. And I'm like, well, if it's that amount, that sounds like a local rate. And they're like, it is. So then if it's a local rate, I'm taking money from a local DJ. Yeah. But if it's like, you know, if it's a higher rate and they're like, we can pay for hotel or this, then I know the venue has a budget for me and I'm not taking money away from another DJ, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, I, I completely understand it because you know? it's, it's what I deal with, uh, you know, even in negotiations with like, you know, like corporate, like I thrive on corporate events. I, you know, I just did. Uh, I do Amazon. I just did MIT. I did um, uh, Intel. Like I do all those big parts. Yeah. And I'm in there and I don't even have to be like, I don't even have to go back and forth with it anymore. Like, no, you know, I'll do it if you do this. Like they don't even approach me that way. Now they're like, we're going to offer you this much because they know they want, they want you to be the one to come here. Mm -hmm. And I think that just uh, grounds me and it makes me understand that I've already established myself and my work is good enough for them to already right off the bat say, this is what we know you're worth. So we want you to be the one here. You right, know? right, right. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's important because also, you know, when we reach a certain stature or a certain age or in, in the game, I feel like, you know, if, if these are the available like kind of gigs for me, but I feel like they're for local DJs or, you know, other DJs, I have to find another place for myself and maybe create another market for myself yep. because I'm in a position where I can elevate the game or create something new and, and offer it to the, you know, to the market. Whereas, yeah. you know, I, I can't like, 
put myself and take work away from other working DJs that are kind of like working their way up. Yeah. You know, I, I, so like it's it puts me in a weird position. But in the end, it's like, yeah, you got to balance yourself. I got to balance myself yeah. out. And I'll just be like and some of these gigs, I'm like, damn, man, that looks fun, you know. But I'm just like, yo, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to let those motherfuckers shine and do their thing. And then I got to yeah. find my my position in it, you know. And the way I balanced myself out was I was never the club guy. But somehow sports events became my niche, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's what my lane became. Yeah, and you're and you're spinning for way more people than we are in the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so salute to you, man. Yo, oh, uh, Co One, thank you so much for being. Man, here, I appreciate man. you guys. This is great this conversation. Is I, I just oh, wish we had sushi yeah. and basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you guys and your basketball. <laughs> Yo, thanks for coming and um oh pause. I mean, thanks for coming through. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, let me say it again. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> thanks for coming through. And hopefully we'll see you at the game. I would love to be there to like check y'all out. That's my way of saying, can we, you know, get some back? Yeah. You know what? I wish uh I wish I had a so because I'm still on my second season. Yeah. I haven't negotiated anything like that yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm just throwing that get out there. there. There's that there. whole basketball thing going on again. So <laughs> you know, yeah. fuck it. I'm not gonna ask you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll buy our own tickets, Kirk. Don't worry about that. <laughs> now see you one. Thank you for coming through. Yeah, no, thank you guys, man. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Great show. I love you guys' show. I oh, no, yeah. appreciate that. Appreciate man. it, bro. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.